0: Hello there, little masters, and welcome once again to the Prancing Pony Podcast, where tonight the fathers of men are traveling west looking for the good stuff. My Govon and my friends, I'm Sean Marchese, and I'm joined once again by the Finrod to my Tourgon, Alan Sisto. Thanks, Sean. Of course now that men are on the scene again, we might need to switch back to the Aragorn to your AMR. After all well, Finrod. Like yeah, I do too. Well, you know, and, and I'm not trying to drop any spoilers here, but Finrod and Turgon might not be around much longer anyway (laughs) sorry get your chow and your branding iron because tonight we're following the original wagon train going west to the land of opportunity in chapter 17 of the silmarillion of the coming of men into the west yeehaw uh yeah we we saw men awaken a few chapters. shout
1: (laughs) yeah there you go um but we still haven't really seen much of them since they awakened a few chapters ago. Oh. Uh, that's all about to change and change forever. Mm. Today we're going to learn about the three houses of the elf friends, also known as the Edain. That's E-D-A-I-N, but not pronounced Edain. Edain. Not Edain.
0: So is that a Northman joke? Dane, <laughs> oh. Get it? Oh, man. I'm so sorry. That should be against the Dane law. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, I've just been i have been bested, hoisted on my own petard.
1: Uh,
0: uh, you gonna... may want to get those notebooks okay, handy, fine. folks, or uh, pull up the family trees at uh, loaderproject.com because there are going to be a lot of names to learn, uh, not as many as the the famous F's chapter when we learned the entire Noldor family tree. <laughs> right. uh, we will do our best to help you figure out which ones are worth remembering. Uh, and don't forget, there are also uh, some limited family trees at the back of the book. But before we get into that, Sean, does Old Barlaman have anything in his bag for us tonight? Yes, he does, Alan. We've got a
1: couple tonight. I want to do first one from a listener, Tarek, uh, who lives in Chicago. Uh, he lives in Chicago now. He says he's originally from Bangladesh. Uh, oh, So that's okay. very interesting. Um, but he wrote in with kind of a long question. I'll do my best to summarize it, and then I think it'll be a maybe even a shorter answer than, than the question. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Um, But so he writes in regarding uh, the theory that you see from time to time that maybe the one ring could have been destroyed by, you know, maybe somebody jumping on an eagle and flying over Mordor and just dropping the ring in the volcano. Um, and, and Tarek writes in, I mean, he, and he's skeptical of those theories, uh, sure, he's saying, you know, as amusing as these theories are, he says, I, I think they don't take the larger legendarium into consideration. Uh, it appears to me, he says that the primary reason why Gandalf doesn't do this is that the Eagles only hearken to the commands of Manway. Um, he says it, it seems like it's possible that Gandalf is chummy with the eagles and that even Manwe might've given him some permission to call on them when he needs them. But the intervention of the eagles is really Manwe's, um, uh, particular way of helping the children of Iluvatar against Sauron. Um, and he can, com- Tarek actually compares it to the way Manwe answered Fingon's prayer mm-hmm. a couple of chapters ago and, uh, dispatched Thorondor to help him for the rescue of myros Right. Um. I so uh,
0: I'm, I'm still getting over the idea of Gandalf being chummy with the Eagles. Chummy with That was that was Tarek's word. I, I know. A, no, I It I is know. an evocative word, yeah. It is. It is. Uh, <laughs> he goes so bowling think, with them on Thursdays. Right. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> They're in I a mean,
0: league together. <laughs> so what do you think of this one? I mean, is is that the case? Is that uh is that they don't take this the the larger legendary into consideration? Is that the primary reason? Yeah.
1: I OK, so. we're done.
0: Next up. <laughs> now serving number 39.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? No, I mean, seriously, I mean, yeah, I, I think it is. So, you know, yeah. I think Tarek's right. I think um, if you if you if you want to know the answer to the question of why the Eagles don't do more, whether you want them to fly the fellowship to Mordor and drop them off at the Moranon or whether you want them to actually drop the ring into, <laughs> into Mount Doom. Um, well, yeah, if you're going to bring me that far, you might as well do. The you whole might as well bring me it. all the way. Just just fly me right to the hour. Um Well, while you're here, we, can you just, just drop me off over there?
0: I know this is the bus this, stop, but just, my house just is just down, down the street.
1: Right over there. You see that red light over there? Can you just leave this in there? there. <laughs> drop it in the crack. Um, <laughs> well, we did... I, I think that is exactly the answer. Though we talked right. about it briefly uh, long time ago, I think when mm-hmm. we first met the Valar, that the Eagles are really a
0: manifestation of Manway's will. Yeah, I think it was back in uh, of Ali and Yavanna. We talked about how they're kind of a a mix of Yavanna and Manway.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, though they it respond was, was, only to Manway. Yeah, right, right. And and it you know we we certainly speculated you know how much free will do the Eagles even have. I don't even right. need to go into all that again. But they're definitely uh, they're definitely. Uh, taking orders from manway and mm-hmm. to Clearly. reiterate something that we talked about a few episodes ago you know the general course of the legendarium is from a lot of supernatural intervention in the early ages you know mm-hmm. it's all valar and Maiar and elves being you know the main movers and shakers of yeah. uh, what happens in arda to gradually less of the supernatural and more of uh humans taking over mm-hmm. that's true uh, And I think this uh, – everything points to this being error's design. Um, It's implied in uh, places like the author Beth. And I think Lord of the Rings is really that point at which – that's kind of the tipping point
0: where men – The end of the Third
1: Age. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So – you know, long story short, I mean, you know, we'll learn more about the wizards and the Oh, it's too late play. for that.
0: We're 27 episodes in. There's the long story short is long gone. <laughs> That's true. We have done nothing. We've to never been a long story short. short. <laughs> 10 to 15 minutes on a page. <laughs> I should, I should but, calculate our average at this point, but no, I don't have the math yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that. We'll post it I up can't even, I can't even math right
1: now. <laughs> no math. No math. Um, but, yeah, I mean, one of the things we see with the Wizards is that they were a way for the Valar to influence the Third Age events without mm-hmm. getting directly involved. And so I think we have to assume that applies to the Eagles as well. Yeah. And and I think assumption. that – I think it's telling that the, the main times you see the Eagles show up is really when they're there to help Gandalf. I mean, it, it's almost yeah. – don't you think it's almost more like they're they're there to help Gandalf with his uh with his, his tasks yeah his task exactly. as opposed to helping the fellowship directly yeah they
0: they're not going to do anything i mean they're they're going to help Gandalf, but they're not going to help everybody else um, right exactly they, they, it's as though Manway has kind of put them at Gandalf's bidding while he's over there you know <laughs> it's uh you know here here's the eagle whistle I'm going to send you this. over there and I'm going to let you use my car yeah exactly exactly. Or, or, my, or my like, plane, yeah, my here's private my, plane. Here's my <laughs> private plane. Here, call my pilot when you need something. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and and that's true. I Really, what you've said is enough, uh, but I'm going to touch on one other thing because that's what we do. Um, you know, one of the times, one of the things we've talked about also about the appearance of the eagles is that just about every time they appear, in fact, I would say every time they appear, it is a you catastrophe to one extent or another. And if we go back to <laughs> Tolkien's definition of a EU catastrophe, the very definition includes the fact that you count that you cannot count on it happening again. So hmm. by definition, right. the eagles aren't going. You can't ever count on the eagles getting involved, because the minute you because count on them, could, them then it's not a catastrophe. A catastrophe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, then,
1: you know, then I guess it's just a Deus ex machina.
0: <laughs> it is. You know, in, in a way, just, I mean, I don't think he would well, even deny that. But um, you know, it is definitely a a means like you pointed out for the valor to get involved without getting directly involved. <laughs> uh and we see that that um, that Manway thing especially and Tarek mentioned this, uh, the the Fingon and Mithros story. I mean Mithros right. specifically prays to Manway, to whom all birds are dear. Mm-hmm. Um, and Manway answers you catastrophically in the form of Thorondor. Right. So anyway. Uh, yeah. Do we have time for one more? Yeah, I think so. We've got another
1: one that uh, I think we can probably answer pretty quickly. So this one comes in from uh, an old friend who's written in a few times, Maya in Michigan. Uh, So she writes in um, saying, in the podcast, you guys consistently refer to the sun and moon as a second best to Telperion and Lowerland. But it strikes me that it would be more accurate, or at least more thorough, to say that they were third best. As the trees themselves were a second best to Iluin and Ormal, the lamps. Mm-hmm. Yet in the second prophecy of Mandos, it says that Yavanna will rekindle the two trees. To put my question simply: if Arda healed is truly perfect, just like Arda unmarred, then why did they rekindle the two trees rather than mm-hmm. restoring Iluin and Ormal?
0: Wow, that is a good question. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, the first part of that of that question is easy. The reason why we refer to the sun and moon as second best. Is because we tend to do what Tolkien himself does. And he actually refers to that in letter 131, which is the preface that, you know, the letter that I a lot of times refer to uh, should be in the front of your volume. Milton Waldman. Yeah, exactly. He says specifically in there that the sun is not a divine symbol, but a second best thing. Right. And if he's saying it's the second best thing, then it's the second best thing, and the third yeah. best
1: thing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um,
0: well, well, yeah, I think we'll we'll go with uh, yeah. With, we'll, uh, I, we'll trust to his accuracy. I kind of defer to thinking. his opinion on things. Yeah, uh, when it's that explicit, mm-hmm. you know, and I agree. we have to remember the sun and moon were direct descendants of the trees. The trees are not descended from the lamps. It's not like the lamps fell and they captured some of the light from the lamps, and that's what right. started the trees. Um, so I think you know we're talking about a new line, so to speak. You know the, the yeah. Sun and Moon are literally descended. It's a uh, new lineage, yeah. exactly. It's a new lineage, and I think that that second best is is meant to compare them to their actual predecessor.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Well, and and the other thing that that I'm reminded of is the you know Tolkien says so often that change is inevitable in Arda, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, one of the recurring themes is that trying to halt change is is folly, or right, you know, worse. You know, that's true. Um, and and it's strongly suggested by the text, I think. And we talked about this back when we did chapter one, that the lamps just weren't right for Arda. You know, they weren't a good fit. Um, the lamps were hmm. constant daylight. They were unchanging. It was like constant noontime time. Excuse me, constant noon time across. You know, that could all get of Arda. That could, that, that could, could get, old. get old. Yeah, and and I think um, I don't remember if it's if it's exactly there or if it's just later with the sun and moon where we hear that Yavanna is concerned about the fact that there's no night. Yeah, um, it, it is the sun is, and moon.
0: It's the sun and moon. It is. But yeah, it's still the. And Yermo
1: is concerned about there being no you know no, being rest. no rest. Yeah, and so even though that is mentioned later, I think we would have to assume the same thing applies then, and so. I think Arda is supposed to have seasons and changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I and I think it is meant to be mortal. I, I'm I'm not sure about that, but, but I think that the lamps really are. I kind of see the lamps as almost sort of a failed experiment. You know, trying to create something perfect, in an imperfect Arda. And so, um, I think that, Tolkien might not even say that they were necessarily better than the trees. And so maybe the trees are not second best to the lamps. If you see so what I'm saying. Maybe the trees are better than
0: the lamps, even. Or maybe at least, so. Yeah. At least not lesser than. Yeah, I can buy that. I, I, I'm not sure though about the fact that they were trying to create something in an imperfect uh, something perfect in an imperfect Arda because, I Arda wasn't marred until after that, right? I mean the the marring of That's Arda true. was the destruction of the lamps and the taking of this symmetrical, um, you know, uh, continent, this global continent. Well, not global because it wasn't a globe, circular right. continent, <laughs> uh, and making it no longer symmetrical and you know raising mountains where they shouldn't have been and this kind of thing. But I see what you're talking about, that, you know, the lamps were not something that were a good fit. I think that's a good way to yeah. put it. Um, it seems to it's... me that you're right. That There's an intention for Arda to have a waxing and a waning and mm-hmm. seasons and night and day and twilight and dusk. And that the lamps weren't going to achieve that. Um, yeah. That it's something that perhaps the Valar thought was the right thing. Uh, right. Clearly yeah. they did. But it turns out that the trees maybe better because that's indeed what they're mm-hmm. going to rekindle. They could probably rebuild the lamps. Why not? I mean, if, if Melkor's, I'm sorry, if Morgoth is off, well, Melkor, Morgoth, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about first stage, uh, we're talking about the lamps, then it was Morgoth then. But if we're talking right. about at the end of, of time when, uh, you know, Melkor's gone, you know, destroyed, then they could recreate the lamps if they wanted to. But I think there's a reason why they're restoring the trees. Um, and it's because they are better, uh, because they are fit for for mm-hmm. the purpose. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but it's and so even if and maybe if you know even if maybe perfect before uh, the marring maybe wasn't the right word, but certainly mortal. It seems like it's it's meant to be a mortal world. Doesn't that's it? probably a mortal earth, but it. yeah. it's
0: definitely a mortal earth because mm-hmm. we know uh, this is something that came to mind when I was looking at this question is. Um, you know, when she talks about Arda being remade, we know that the trees will be restored. Feanor will mm-hmm. be humbled. He'll bring out the Silmarils, give them to Yavanna. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'll restore the trees. The pylori will be leveled, and the light of the trees will go everywhere. That's right, uh, yeah. And there's this concept—well, um, let me let me read a little bit out of Eina There's a passage in Eina that I think speaks really well to this. Uh, this is short—this is very early on. I mean, this is like maybe the, the second or third page, um, talking about— The music, and the the echo of the music went into the void, and it was not void. And then it follows with this. Never since had the Ainur made any music like to this music, though it has been said that a greater still shall be made before Iluvatar by the choirs of the Ainur and the children of Iluvatar after the end of days. So we're talking about after the end of days, music Mm -hmm. from the Ainur and Elves and Men, whereas the music that we're all familiar with from Ainul is just the Ainur. So this right. is a, a much bigger choir, and it's after the end of days. So there's already from the very beginning an intention for there to be an end of days. So mm-hmm. you're right. I think it's it's clear that art there's was that mortality, to be mortal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, then at the after the end of days, and when this this choir of the Ainur and men and elves sing, the themes of Iluvatar shall be played aright. Well, that implies that they weren't necessarily played aright this first time. Remember, he gives them the score, so to speak, and then they play right. it in ad lib. So here they're actually going to do it the right way, and then what happens after that? They will take being in the moment of their utterance, the themes, for all shall then understand fully his intent in their part, and each shall know the comprehension of each, and Luvatar shall give to their thoughts the secret fire, being well-pleased. So
1: we're going to have this... So it's actually... An, perfect, it's actually it's actually being created as they sing as opposed to the first time where they exactly. they sang it then there was the vision, a vision and then there was a
0: uh, yeah and then they have to make it happen in, in uh-huh. physical reality right and this then is, they actually have to play it at the time yeah. they sing it and it is and they and Iluvatar is able to make it that way because it will be perfect it will, the themes will be played aright uh mm-hmm. because everybody was going to is going to understand their job and the jobs of the others and Iluvatar is going to give their thoughts the secret fire you know right away Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's this idea of Arda remade that is – this is kind of getting it's, a little far afield, but it's um, – it, it definitely jibes with Tolkien's, um, with Tolkien's worldview in terms of the Christian concept of a new earth, um, Sure, you know, which yeah, is I very, very that. similar. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a big topic for another time. But, you know, it's this, this notion of, like you said, a mortal Arda that will someday end and be recreated in a, in a truly perfect mm-hmm. form. Um, and interestingly, and, that perfect form will include the lamps or I mean, the trees, would, not would the lamps. include
1: the trees instead of the lamps. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I think mean, that, I think that, that tells us something about what, what really was the yeah, the first best. The best. Exactly. Yeah. I
0: agree. Well, Barnum did a good job this time. He did. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Barley. Yeah. Good, good on you, sir. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I can use another pint when you get a chance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead and turn to the text, then, and start today's discussion. We get uh, into right. Chapter 17. We're almost halfway through the volume now, uh, making good progress.
1: <laughs> Hard to believe it's... <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't feel that way sometimes. No, but, I know. Uh, it feels like yeah. we're just
0: slogging through at it, you know, yeah. 12 minutes a page or whatever the average is, but it's, yeah. it's good. Yeah, but um, we're enjoying it. We're, we are. This has hope, been a lot of fun. Hope you out
1: there listening are enjoying it, too. We, yeah, we like know. We like digging deep.
0: We so do, and, and clearly— you have figured that out by now. Seven or eight of you do as well, and that's good to know. <laughs> um, I guess we figured out it went up to 11 last time, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything good goes to 11. It's just
1: little, there's your spinal tap reference for the exactly.
0: night. Exactly. So we'll, uh, we'll start at the beginning. We're not going to read that first paragraph, but it's just interesting to look at the timeline. You should note this. This is 300 years after the Noldor arrive in Beleriand. So we're in the middle of the yeah. long piece. So this is about 250 years after the Dagor Aglareb and the beginning of the siege. So um, it's also about 150 years before, and this is a little bit of a spoiler alert, the the Dagor Bragalach, um, which will be coming up. And also kind of fit this in with the last chapter, since we saw what happened with Maeglin. Uh, The beginning of this chapter, this moment, 300 years after the Noldor have arrived, is actually about 100 years before the end of... Of, of of the last chapter, okay. Okay, right. so this is kind of like back before. Kind of a she jump left. back, right? We're we're kind of jumping back a little bit. um I mean, but I, we're
1: going to cover a lot of yeah. a lot of time in this chapter. So yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, torgon has already built Gondolin. Gondolin already is because that was right. done much 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 more previously. Right. um But you know, in terms of um just timeline, it's good to fit that in. Yeah. That's so. Uh, I hope you're all looking at the maps because we see where he's at, right? Finrod uh, goes on a hunting trip with uh, Maglor and Mithros. So, you know, he's still connecting with the sons of Feanor. Um, and he goes on towards uh, the east, towards the Ered Lindon, and he takes the Dwarf Road. So if you're looking at the map at loaderproject.com, the map of Beleriand, you'll see that he takes the Dwarf Road, crosses the, the River Gelion, that's the north-south river there, And he goes over the upper streams of Ascar and into the north of Osirian. That's relevant so we can see where we're at, because this is where we're first going to see men. Men. And I'll go ahead and read those first couple paragraphs, and then uh, we'll go from there. In a valley among the foothills of the mountains, below the springs of Thalos, he saw lights in the evening, and far off he heard the sound of song. At this he wondered much for the green elves of that land lit no fires, nor did they sing by night. At first he feared that a rate of orcs had passed the leaguer of the north, but as he drew near he perceived that it was not so, for the singers used a tongue that he had not heard before, neither that of dwarves nor of orcs. Then Felagund, standing silent in the night shadow of the trees, looked down into the camp, and there he beheld a strange people. Now these were a part of the kindred and following of Beor the Old, as he was afterwards called, a chieftain among men. After many lives of wandering out of the east, he had led them at last over the Blue Mountains, the first of the race of men to enter Beleriand. And they sang because they were glad, and believed that they had escaped from all perils, and had come at last to a land without fear. Long Felagund watched them, and love for them stirred in his heart, but he remained hidden in the trees until they had all fallen asleep. Then he went among the sleeping people, and sat beside their dying fire where none kept watch. And he took up a rude harp, which Beor had laid aside, and he played music upon it such as the ears of men had not heard, for they had as yet no teachers in the art, save only the dark elves in the wild lands." Such a such a vivid scene. I, Isn't I, I, it? This is one of
1: those that just gets me right there. Oh, I just, I, I'm right in the fields. Right, right in the, right feels. In the uh, Yeah, it is. And it's just I, I feel. I see the darkness. I see the fire. I, oh, you know. I hear the music. I hear the song.
0: It is um, vivid. It's incredible. Really is. Um, <clears throat> wow. I. There were a couple of things. I, I almost stopped to point out some things, but it's such a beautiful passage. I didn't want to interrupt myself. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you went through it. We can, uh, we can the, talk about a couple the things. The Springs here. of Thalos. So that's the next river down below Ascar. Yeah. So you can see that's that's where he sees them. Um, I, I loved just this uh, this beautiful idea of him just watching them quietly. I mean, okay, mildly <laughs> creepy, but, it's you know. It's a little creepy. Like, just okay, a need a restraining order. <laughs> (laughs) Uh, And I think the first time I read this, okay, confession, I was, what, probably 19? uh, And he took up a rude harp. I'm like, how can a harp be rude? Hey, you stupid elf, don't pick me up. don't pick me up. Put me down, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right, yeah. Oh, man, a rude harp. Took me a while. Again, (laughs) good reason to have a dictionary, because you need to know the other meanings of words that you probably know, but he uses the words yeah. differently <laughs> um, yeah I, I, go ahead yeah no
1: I, I love this idea that the that the men who were there the men were singing because they were glad I know um, because oh isn't they, that nice they, they thought they'd come to a land without fear <laughs> uh, it's it's that's cute isn't it isn't it now <laughs> I mean granted you know um, bless I know, their we'll, we'll hearts learn. as they say yeah, down right. in Texas right yeah, exactly bless your heart bless your heart yeah it they i mean sure they came from some some rough stuff they're they're yeah. fleeing some some oh, bad yeah. situation but Very it's like dark. you guys didn't know ang band is right over there yeah, right? exactly this is out of the frying <laughs> pan and into
0: the fire right.
1: <laughs> yeah but uh but man it's just a you know they're naive you know they're mad they, they, they haven't they're innocent they haven't been enlightened by the Valar, they haven't, you know, no, they didn't have Orome come and
0: get exactly. Them, you know? Yeah, nobody came and said, hey, you want to come over to this really cool place where nobody dies? Right. Yeah. Right. No, they're just figuring it out as they go.
1: You know, In they, fact, they'll they be told, the don't you dare. They, don't you dare come over right, here where right, nobody exactly. dies. Exactly. Don't you dare come to our place where nobody <laughs> dies. You can't come here. That's right. But yeah, they just, they saw the sun, they, they headed west, and yeah. uh, they're just kind of figuring it out as they go. And, yeah, man, we'll that's get a little bit more on that, won't we? For, we'll,
0: we'll get more about how they, why they wanted to come to the west. Yeah, we will. Um, I love that that Felaghan, love for them stirred in his heart. I don't yeah. know that a lot of elves really felt that way about men. I, I mean, think you're really. right. Yeah. Uh, but well, Finrod is special. Yeah. You know, we talked about this before with him, that he's – there's something really, really amazing about Finrod.
1: Yeah, he's um, he's
0: just so noble. Truly he's noble. So, That's a good and word. He's, and he's wise. Remember
1: how wise yeah, he is. Very. And, and
0: we'll get some more of his wisdom here in the next couple of paragraphs, won't we?
1: Yeah. Yes, we will. Um, and – You got to figure he's his love is somehow, um, you know, connected to that wisdom. He just he knows that there's something right and good about these men. Uh, They may probably have, you know, you know, really shaggy hair and bushy beards and they look really uncouth to to most elves. But he just sees he sees a beauty in them. And uh, that's just it's lovely.
0: Remember, you know, he would remember hearing about them. You know, I mean, obviously, the lies among the Noldor about the coming of men to usurp them. But because he's wise, he would realize these are also made by Iluvatar. These are children of Iluvatar, just like we are. Yeah. And I think yeah. there's an appreciation of that, mm-hmm. uh, and that that does come from wisdom and and from humility. Uh, yeah. You know, which is something we humility don't see is a in, good in, in word for it
1: because we right. And Finrod is it does tend to be one of the most humble
0: of the Noldor. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. How did the and, men respond? I love this next stuff. Can't wait to hear you tell us about this. Uh, before I get to oh. that, I just I, I, there's one more thing. I
1: love yeah. the, the harp. Um, he picks up the harp, yes. and they they had never. They, let's see, uh, music upon it such as the ears of men had not heard. Yeah. Um, you know, there, you, there's this idea here that they they learned something of music, something of culture sure. from dark elves in the wildlands, but, but here nothing, they are. They're nothing. are like face to did. face with. Yeah, this is. Full blown Kalaquendi, like right there. Yeah, yeah, Um, one of the best of the best, right here. One of, yeah, exactly. I mean, this (laughs) this is like growing up listening to like Journey covers at the state fair, and now you're suddenly hearing Led Zeppelin live, you know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah, I, I love that because it's you see just instantly, uh, so much. Uh, so much knowledge that, that men have to gain, so much wisdom that men have to gain from, from Finrod and from we the elves. We
0: apologize group. to any of our followers who listen to Journey over Led Zeppelin because you've just insulted them. Nobody does that. <laughs> Nobody listens to Journey more than Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I hope not, but you know. <laughs> it is interesting. I mean, it's still just a harp, you know? And, and, yeah. But Finrod's able to do something on it that they have never heard. Uh, yeah, Some, right. you know, just richness. Like... You know, everybody kind of plays around with the guitar, might have three chords, you know, and as as Bob Dylan says, three chords and a truth. Um, mm. But – but Oh, that's a – man, that's a good – that's a really good uh, <laughs>
1: analogy for this, actually.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, everybody's, because we see, everybody can kind of strum a little bit and pick a few yeah. chords. But then you, you give the guitar to somebody who's a true master, you mm-hmm. know, who plays classical guitar, for instance, and you just – I mean, it sounds like three guitars playing at once. And it's like, how right, do yeah. you do that? And yeah, you know he's got the violin
1: bow. He's raking it across the strings. And he's
0: just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, so do, <laughs> do the men say, yeah, this has a pretty nice beat. I can dance to it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not no, exactly. No. no. Tell us what they did. All right.
1: Now men awoke and listened to Felagund as he harped and sang, and each thought that he was in some fair dream until he saw that his fellows were awake also beside him. But they did not speak or stir mm. while Feligun still played, because of the beauty of the music and the wonder of the song. Wisdom was in the words of the elven king, and the hearts grew wiser that hearkened to him. For the things of which he sang, of the making of Arda, and the bliss of Aman beyond the shadows of the sea, came as clear visions before their eyes, and his elvish speech was interpreted in each mind according to its measure. Thus it was that men called King Felagund, whom they first met of all the Eldar, Nome, that is wisdom, in the language of that people. And after him they named his folk Nomen, the Wise. Indeed, they believed at first that Felagund was one of the Valar, of whom they had heard rumour that they dwelt far in the west. And this was, some say, the cause of their journeying. But Felagun dwelt among them and taught them true knowledge. Mm. And they loved him and took him for their lord and were ever after loyal to the house of Finarfin. Man, is that a passage or what? Oh, that's, that Beautiful. is just one of my favorites in the entire book.
0: I know. I knew I had to give that one to you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Wisdom um, was in the words of the elven king. I love yeah. this. Why did the hearts grow wiser? The things that he sang the, of the making of Arda, about- the bliss of mm-hmm. Amon, and he's able to make them come alive as visions before their mm-hmm. eyes and even though, even they, though don't speak they can't elvish, right even
1: though they don't speak elvish yeah. yeah it reminds me it reminds me a bit of um, although this is much greater um, of um, the hobbits and their reaction to gildor and glorian oh, and his yeah. company yeah, in uh, fellowship and uh, i think there's uh, i don't have that book in front of me of course but uh, you know it <laughs> talks about how they you know they're singing i elbereth gilthonio right uh, in elvish and the hobbits don't speak elvish uh, frodo speaks a little bit frodo has but, a, yeah, a
0: few words here and there
1: yeah, but uh but they they understand it uh even though, you know, they don't they don't speak the language. Um but it's just it's just such a powerful image and and here it's actually coming to life for them. Um amazing stuff. It really is.
0: And of course, now I'm going to try to find that passage. <laughs> <laughs> um but before we do, I just you had a little bit on, on gnome, didn't you? I thought this was fascinating. Typical word nerdery, and it just made me go, "Wow, Sean!" So tell me, <laughs> tell me what
1: this is. You know, I see a weird word. I'm gonna I'm gonna chase it down that rabbit hole. This is one of my favorite puns. In so this is gnome, not nom. Cookies. This isn't nom. Yes. nom. right now <laughs> it's yeah, it's not Cookie Monster. It's uh yeah, this is gnome. Right, uh, like gnome. Right, like gnome. And those who have read the Book of Lost Tales, or I, I think it's, it's even in the the first few books of the history of Middle-earth, which we don't talk about a whole lot because mostly those are rough drafts of the Silmarillion, right? Right. Um, but uh, in those early drafts of what became the Silmarillion, Tolkien actually did refer to the Noldor as gnomes, uh, G-N-O-M-E-S, like gnome, like a garden gnome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a garden gnome. <laughs> Like the travel <laughs> Travelocity Gnome. Like the Travelocity Gnome, yeah. <laughs> Pointed hat, beard, the whole works, except not. I'll get into that. Um, <laughs> the reason he, he used the word gnomes was because uh, we've talked about the fact that Noldor means wise, means the wise ones. And um, the English word gnome has kind of an uncertain etymology, but one possibility – is that it might have come from the Greek word gnome, which means thought or intelligence or, um, you know, opinion. So it would have kind of a similar meaning. Uh, And so Tolkien was kind of playing with that, Uh that word of the English word gnome in translating Noldor. Now he did away with this because he felt like it was too misleading. Um, He said, uh, and I quote, they in no way, the Noldor, they in no way resembled the gnomes either of learned theory or popular fancy. Right. In other words, they were these tall, beautiful, dark haired creatures of light, not bearded little guys with pointed
0: hats jumping across (laughs) mushrooms. (laughs) Which is a good thing. I'm not sure I would have read (laughs) that book. (laughs)
1: <laughs> which is a good thing and and that's why i think that the gnomes thing i i think it's one of those things that tolkien fans kind of they kind of cringe when you talk about the noldor gnomes. being gnomes because yeah. it, it turns into that and and i i get that why tolkien avoided that but yeah. he avoid he he abandoned it pretty late in fact um i recently got my copy of the the first edition facsimile of the hobbit oh the one that and we're giving away the one that we're giving away—that's right. Um, and uh, if you look at uh, the passage where Elrond talks about Gondolin, um, they're actually still referred to as gnomes in that first edition. And I think even in uh, early drafts of *Lord of the Rings*, he was still calling them gnomes. So it was I didn't definitely realize late. He was doing it that late. Yeah, yeah, he was. So I, mean, I
0: knew about the first edition; I'd forgotten, but I remembered it. I didn't realize that even in uh, some of the early drafts of *Lord of the Rings*, he was doing
1: that. Yeah, early drafts, not published. I, I think he right. got it all out of there was ever published but oh yeah yeah, yeah definitely so, so anyway i think you know tolkien had reasons for getting away from the term gnome um but notice what he does here remember that the silmarillion is written from an elvish perspective right and so and what he says here is that it was men who called finrod Felagund gnome those and silly called men. the Naldor, the gnome. yeah those, those silly <laughs> those men silly, right silly men So it's a way of saying that they weren't really gnomes. They didn't call themselves gnomes. But the first men who met them
0: called Called them gnomes. gnomes. So once again, he finds a way to make things fit within his universe, you know, in the rewrite. Right. Exactly. And and so and
1: then he's able to to kind of I I know it's 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 brilliant. And and he hides it so well, because, you know, if he had spelled it G N O M E, they called them gnomes, which means wise. That would have been so obvious. Too obvious, but, yeah. But to, to re-spell it, right. N-O-M, uh, just it just hides it, and uh, you kind of have to look for it. In fact, I probably read this book 10 times before I picked up on it.
0: Yeah, I didn't pick but, up uh, on it until I had read some of the history of Middle-earth, you know, until Book of Lost Tales.
1: Yeah. Then I was like, yeah. oh, wait a minute. Isn't that what the – yeah.
0: Yeah. Fascinating. But uh,
1: – yeah, so I don't know. I I love it because it's it's just one of those little things. He's got a few of these little puns sprinkled throughout that are kind of um, reference points to, um, you know, other myths, uh, real okay. world myths and real world folklore. You'll have to I, I point those out to us as they come along for sure. I, I will. Yeah, I would love to. But this is one of my favorite ones. I um I don't have the aversion to gnomes that a lot of Tolkien fans do. I kind of like gnomes so. When I see this, I get excited.
0: <laughs> well, I'm gonna uh, our our interest in gnomes is one sided. I'm I'm glad that they're not gnomes. Um, I did, however, find that passage in the. I'm a Lord gnome of the enthusiast.
1: Ring. I'm a gnome connoisseur.
0: A gnome, a gnome connoisseur. <laughs> so you're able to tell the difference between the ones with like red hats and the ones with blue hats. And oh yeah,
1: yeah. W- what they each you mean. And yeah, you don't you don't want to mess with those blue hat guys. Those no
0: no. no those are scary ones. They are really rough, you scary don't know guys. And what they're packing in those statues. No, right. right. Um, so, <laughs> in, uh, in, in chapter three of Lord of the Rings, book one, three's company, you, you were oh, talking you about it. the elves. Yeah, you were talking about the, the hobbit's reaction to Gildor and Glorian. Here's the passage right before, uh, right before Frodo does interpret the words, he's able to actually understand them. But here's the line The singing drew nearer. One clear voice rose now above the others. It was singing in the fair elven tongue of which Frodo knew only a little, and the others knew nothing. Yet the sound blending with the melody seemed to shape itself in their thought into words which they only partly understood. Mm -hmm. This was the song as Frodo heard it, and then there's the translation. So even the ones that don't speak it at all, they knew nothing of of the elven tongue. They were able to understand partly. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. They pick up on the meaning because the sound blended with the melody shaped itself in their thought. So definitely... Fits right there with what we hear uh, with with yeah. here with uh, with Finrod um, <clears> that the, the his Elvish speech was interpreted in each mind according to its measure. Great stuff. Yeah, so I, cool. I love that he taught them true knowledge, true knowledge. Yeah, you know, there's a point here where knowledge, just information, isn't necessarily helpful. But there's a point here. He's teaching them true knowledge, mm-hmm. valuable knowledge. I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a Greek word teleos, right? Kind of okay. uh, per, not, yeah. not perfect, uh, complete, uh, whole. I guess would right. maybe be a yeah. good word for that. Kind of makes me think of that. That this is valuable knowledge. This is the knowledge mm-hmm. that you, you know you really need. Uh, and they loved him, you know. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there's a part of him. Now he wasn't, he wasn't around at Kui Viennin when the elves first awoke. No, um, but he would have been told those tales. Sure. Yeah. You know, when Orame came and all of that, Mm -hmm. there had to be this moment in his heart when he watched over them. I am going to be for them what Orame was for the first elves. And that gives me this great responsibility to be to give them the truth. Right. Right. I I have to be super careful here. This is going to be a very important moment in the history of these people. Wow. Um, Yeah, that's really that's really
1: I I never picked up on that.
0: Yeah. That parallel is really big. It, it's such a, I mean, I think there was even a moment, didn't Orme? it was the singing of, of the elves that brought Orme. That's if I true. remember correctly. That's true, yeah. I, think uh, I have right. to go back and pull that up. But um, uh, See if I can find that one. Yeah, it's just, that, that but struck it does, me. But
1: you're right, the parallel is there because it does say, I mean, they, they even thought he was one of the Valar, which, yeah. again, is uh, kind of adorable, you mm-hmm. know, kind of naive, but, <laughs> but why not? This is the most enlightened oh, yeah. being they've ever met. Again,
0: they've met dark elves, but this is... This is right. full-on Caligundy right here. Yeah, I mean to the point where you know, kind of the the, the earth glows around his feet. You know, um, in Peter Jackson mm-hmm. style filming.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and you are correct. Uh, Oramay wondered and sat silent, and it seemed to him that in the quiet of the land under the stars, he heard a far off, many voices singing. Yeah. So that was what drew him to them. It's the music.
0: Isn't it amazing? Um, the, the amazing parallel. The role that music plays too. Oh yeah. I mean. Yeah. Just, I mean Music is such an important element in Tolkien's world. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is
1: the, the 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 design and the creation of this cosmic exactly. drama. I mean, exactly. It's, uh,
0: it's the very the very core. It's of the things. very beginning. Yeah. Um. Really cool. Wow. So you know, so they give him a really nice name. They call him Wisdom, uh, and they call his his folk the Wise. And I just had to yeah, say, as an aside, that's a lot nicer than the Elvish names for men. <laughs> you what know, yeah. the, the usurpers, the heavy usurpers, and the sickly, the sickly. I mean, come on. So I'm thinking men should come up with some better names for elves. I'm thinking things like the arrogant, the self-important, the overbearing, yeah. the slayers of kin, the rebellious, yeah. the ship burners, the proud. Yeah. That's yeah. The, but they yeah, don't the, know those things. The, yet. The, <laughs> just, the light imprisoners. prisoners, the light imprisoners. prisoners. <laughs> yeah. They really don't know that one yet. They yeah. really don't. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, the, the, yeah, just I don't know just, the thralls.
1: The, Fanor would love that one. Thralls. The thralls, oh,
0: man. the Vala Okay, we're done. I'm so we're, sorry, ladies and I'm gentlemen. Sorry, our episode is over. We'll Terrible. come back to you in two weeks and we can finish this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, we'll just we'll just move on from that just and let, read the please. next. <laughs> please, we've had worse. We've had worse. Um, We've had worse come out of my mouth for sure. Oh, so. both of us. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm I'm surprised people still listen, but I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. I am, I am very grateful <laughs> if they're still listening. If after they're that. still listening now after that, valedrop. <laughs> right.
1: Wow. Go go um, back to Tolkien, who can actually use words. You go ahead and read yeah. that next paragraph.
0: <laughs> I think I will. <laughs> uh, let me get that laughter out of my. <clears throat> Now the Eldar were beyond all other peoples, skilled in tongues, and Felagun discovered also that he could read in the minds of men such thoughts as they wished to reveal in speech, so that their words were easily interpreted. It is said also that these men had long had dealings with the dark elves east of the mountains, and from them had learned much of their speech, and since all the languages of the Quendi were of one origin, the language of Beor and his folk resembled the elven tongue in many words and devices." It was not long, therefore, before Felagun could hold converse with Beor, and while he dwelt with him, they spoke much together. But when he questioned him concerning the arising of men and their journeys, Beor would say little, and indeed he knew little, for the fathers of his people had told few tales of their past, and a silence had fallen upon their memory. A the darkness lies behind us, Beor said, and we have turned our backs upon it, and we do not desire to return to even in thought. Westwards our hearts have been turned, and we believe that there we shall find light. Mm-hmm. Once again, Eldar yep. skilled beyond the others in oh, terms yes. of language. In terms of language, yep. Uh, and the Noldor, if I'm not mistaken, even more so, as we found out in previous chapters, mm-hmm. than the uh, Sindar. That's right. That's right. So not a surprise that uh, that Finrod is able to you know, really quickly interpret what the men are saying, but I found this mm-hmm. interesting – that he could actually read their thoughts so long as they wish to reveal them in speech. So he's I, – I guess if it means it's a secret thought, he can't read it. That's good. That's right. That's helpful.
1: <laughs> There's some privacy. And they must be able to sort of guard their thoughts yeah. some way. Yeah. Actually, we saw that a little bit with Myglin too, who had a That's little true. ability to, uh, eye, to read thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And he could read thoughts, but I think they're – you know, he had to kind of trying to, to get at some secret thoughts in his mother's brain.
0: Right. That's but, true. Uh,
1: yeah. Very anyway, sorry I there. cut you off. Go
0: ahead. No, it's okay. Just uh, no, you didn't cut me off. I just thought that was an interesting thing that yeah. Um, you know, they're able to read minds to some extent. I mean, mm-hmm. we can even go back. You know, that excellent example you gave of both uh, Aol and Maeglin, uh, but also even of Feanor himself, who uh, who was able to perceive you know Melkor's heart, mm-hmm. um, which actually probably wouldn't have been all that hard. We all know <laughs> what Melkor's after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, he's it's able like, to interpret what they what they want to say. It's like he's got a built in babblefish. From Hitchhiker's
1: Guide. <laughs> remember
0: that? I definitely do. <laughs> I definitely remember the fish. My goodness. Um, let's see. So not the thoughts they didn't wish to reveal. Yeah, yeah. they learned their speech from the Avari, so there were those mm-hmm. similar roots. And you had something to say about that, didn't you?
1: A little bit, yeah. I, I just, uh, I've seen a, a few places um, where this early – Sort of this first phase Manish language is referred to as Talisca. I think I've spoken about it before. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, we get a few words of it. I mean, presumably gnome that we had in the pre- previous paragraph is uh, is Talisca. Right. Um, right. Uh, I, I don't know much about it because I don't think there's a whole lot published on it. But I know that uh, Tolkien based the sounds of it on Germanic. Um, okay. I think specifically Gothic because Tolkien was uh, – one of his early hmm. experiments was like uh, trying to reconstruct – a Gothic tongue, because there's not much, you know. Gothic. There's not much. Yeah. There's not much. Yeah. Um, so I think he based Talisca on his uh, his early experiments with reconstructing Gothic. Um, okay. And so we'll see a few we'll see a few uh, words in Talisca throughout this chapter. I'll point out a few uh, because I think some of them you can kind of you can kind of point to Germanic roots, which is kind of neat for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, I I just think it's fascinating that. Uh, you know, again, they they learn speech from the Avari. So there's still this idea that elves were the the originators of speech. Yeah, um, even Manish speech, uh, you know, came from Avari. And I, and I think, you know, they they, I think elsewhere Tolkien writes about they you know maybe picked up a little bit of dwarvish and that got in
0: there too sure. and just, um, but um, that is interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a uh, well, they it, were the creators I, I guess,
0: of language, right? I mean, their first right. name for themselves was "the those that speak with voices." Those, those or that something, speak, right? yeah. Those, that, yeah. yeah. Wendy, yeah. Those that speak with voices,
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a neat thing, and I, and I think just worth pointing out that uh, the language that they're speaking now is not the Adunaiic language. We'll see later on.
0: Right, I agree. Well, I thought this was interesting. You know, we get a little bit, just a very small glimpse of, of what is in the past. It's kind of the shadow of the past, if you will, if I can borrow a chapter title. <laughs> that's a, boy, that's a good phrase. Where did you get that? <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of made that up. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, tales of the Past Were Few. It's not, oh, I'm trying to keep a secret. It's truly, we don't talk about that. Yeah, And, you know, well, and, if and you I do that for a generation, then, yeah. You then suddenly it people don't know. Really know yeah, it. I mean, right.
1: you're not dealing with uh, immortal elves. You're dealing with no. people who have a, a limited lifespan and, have, you know, and
0: have been around for a few hundred years now. So, Right. Well, we get this. After many lives of wandering, Bayor mm-hmm. had led them at last over the mountains. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, so all it takes is a couple of generations uh, to not tell the story, and the story's gone. Uh, in, yeah. in a people who don't have written language, so
1: yeah.
0: Um, so you know, he says a darkness lies behind us. I love this though. We don't. We don't want to even go there. We don't even want to think about that. Mm-hmm. Our hearts have been turned to the west. Mm-hmm. There's to, I don't know. There's something to me about the fact that, you know, we it's not we've turned our hearts to the west. Our hearts have been westwards. Turned to the our west.
1: hearts have been turned. Oh, by whom?
0: <laughs> I I really to me this speaks of Iluvatar, You know turning their hearts of, of saying you know of, of just subtly getting in there and and calling them if you will if you know want to use a different kind of terminology and saying mm-hmm. come this way you I know. you
1: know I I could I could say maybe it's not that maybe it may not it's be. just something they're born with, but I don't think I, I think it's the same thing. Right, <laughs> right. If they're I mean, born
0: with it, then that's also an
1: Illuminat thing, isn't right?
0: It? Exactly. So I'm like, well, do I have a
1: counterpoint to that? No, I don't think so, because uh, I think we're either. saying the same thing two different ways. I mean, You're right. You're right. Yeah it's it's something um, it's something that has been put there.
0: Yeah, uh, that it's they been have done not done to themselves. them that they've not yeah. right exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I love how lights capitalized. It's just subtle yeah. things that uh, that Tolkien does to to remind us of the importance of things like light.
1: Um, yeah, that's that's really fascinating. Yeah.
0: and we talked about
1: uh, the sun, how the sun first rose in the west. Yeah, that was I the first that. thing they saw. That was and they just they've been following that light ever since. ever since. So that's why they believe. That's why they believe there's light in the west. So they're chasing sort of a literal light. Mm-hmm. um you know but now you know, it's a memory of the sun but now it's a it's a figurative light yeah They've, because now the sun doesn't rise the in the west
0: anymore after right. they kind of fixed that <laughs> right <laughs> right they're seeking
1: and they're seeking the valar they're seeking enlightenment
0: at this point yes enlightenment is right. a
1: good word cuz we're going to get to that i think at the
0: very end of the chapter yeah. um and then you know i to, there's not enough time for us to go into it but i want to suggest that there is a um a, an extended version of this story for those of you who have the history of middle earth uh, in morgoth's ring Mm-hmm. Uh, the Tale of Adenel, correct? Right. That,
1: yeah. Yeah. Tale so of nice. Adenel. It's it's in um, – I think it's in the commentary
0: section of the author Beth Finrada yeah, it Andres. is. It's, yeah. yeah, it's associated with the author Beth. Yeah. Um, because she rec- she refers to that in her discussion. Andra does. Yeah, that's right, death, right. Yeah. In her debate yeah. with, with yeah, Finrod. With this guy right here. That's
1: right. That's here. right. That's this right. is the guy who's part yeah. of the author Beth. Again, uh, being humble before, before right. a human, you know, yeah. before a woman. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it does go into uh, at least a version of the story of yeah. what that darkness is that they left behind. And you're right. I, I wish we had time to get I into do. it, oh, it's a it's just a fascinating story. Um, it really is. Definitely. Uh, there were more goths involved.
0: <laughs> yes, there were. You know, I know that we can't really realistically, we can never do the history of Middle Earth as a series. It would take us like 17 years to get through all of that. Um, but I think that I would like at some point, maybe after the Silmarillion, maybe even after the Hobbit to pick just a couple of sections like um, the author Beth uh, be or cool. maybe yeah. laws and customs or something like that. And kind of just chat through some of those pieces um, because those shed so much light. That would be fun. On, yeah, yeah. That might be something to think about, but for now, I might
1: like to do, well, I shouldn't yeah. promise this. But I wouldn't mind doing some of the poems and plays oh, of man, Lays. or uh, Oh, you're not kidding.
0: That would or be even book of lost tales. But uh
1: yeah, man, you know, it's something, we'll you
0: know. That we may can be always something do something more for our essays, you know, for for folks who really want to dig deep. I don't want to Or we can know. do special. we we'll we'll, yeah, special we'll episode see. here and there. Special episode here and there. It's always fun. Um we we're, we're not going to read the next you know, a couple of paragraphs here, but we are going to talk about this. Uh we we see that uh, Morgoth was aware of the arrival of men, and mm-hmm. this is fascinating. He himself departed from Angband. Um not something he did. In fact, I think we're, we read earlier that, only, you know, once only did he leave his, you know, halls in the north. And um, this was it. You know, he felt this was important enough to leave Sauron in command uh, and to go. We don't find out exactly oh, what he did. But we know that now a darkness lays upon the hearts of men. So that's where we That's a good catch because I always thought that that one
1: time that he left was a reference to the next to the, chapter. To the battle that we're going to see. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I know. I thought so too, and but I. But maybe I think, not
1: because that battle was right before his gates. So maybe yeah, maybe Tolkien would consider his lands,
0: that. Right? That he yeah, could left be. Left his realm. Yeah. Um, and in this case, you know, he went out there to deal with men directly. Right. Which is a heavy, heavy thing for men to bear. You know. Yeah. Um, they hadn't been enlightened yet. They hadn't been uh, to Valinor and and seen the light of the trees and met the the Valar. So, no. You know. And, well, and again to. Thinking back to the tale of Adenel, uh, I mean,
1: it, it's all about him sort of being the first one on the scene and all the lies he tells them. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's really interesting.
0: Well, and he knows how to lie. He knows how to weave a tale in such a way mm-hmm. that it's believable. I mean, look at what he did yeah. to the Noldor. Yeah. Um, you know, and they are enlightened. I mean, And the they Noldor were enlightened. Were, exactly. You was know, some right. the, the most enlightened around. Yeah. I mean, okay, they weren't the... Uh, um, the other branches. The Vanyar. Of the Vanyar. Van-yar. I, could, I wanted yeah. to say the Vanyar. I'm like, no, hello. No. The, they weren't the Vanyar going, you know, sitting around, OMG Manway.
1: Right, <laughs> um, OMG, so, OMG So they weren't
0: totally enlightened, but they were pretty <laughs> OMG enlightened. Man-way. Uh, OMG Manwe. <laughs> OMG Teniquitl. OMG Teniquitl. <laughs> I wasn't going to do it. That's for all the fans of our that's for all the fans of our outtakes. Have our new outtakes. You know, face. I should we should mention that for those of you <laughs> just oh, it's just cuz it's hoot. For those of don't. you who don't follow us on social media, uh please do because we don't have our outtakes on a on an actual podcast episode. We we posted them to our uh, our website. website so, yeah. uh please go to the prancingponypodcast.com and share a few laughs with us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh there will, I'm sure, be more in the future. <laughs> <He's> got some <laughs> just some
1: plain silliness up there Almost right now. Almost
0: certainly going to have some funny stuff in the future. So we don't know exactly the specifics, but we know that the purpose, of course, was to corrupt and destroy because that's what Morgoth does. That's who he is. Yeah. Um, and just like he wanted to make the Noldor opposed to each other, here he wants to make men the foes of the Eldar mm-hmm. uh, and to use them as a weapon against Beleriand. Yeah. Um, but— you know Morgoth the, the last uh, thing he
1: would want would be both of them allied against him Exactly I
0: mean. exactly but Morgoth got interesting the Eldar got strong and Morgoth felt like he had to go back and mm-hmm. so um, you know the, the job never really got finished so then we find out about more people coming uh, Beor tells yep. them about uh, the Haladin uh, and um, and the, the people ruled by Marok. we'll get to all right. of those groups but I wanted to point that out that he's he's pointing out hey there's going to be more coming Right because and just though, real quickly. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, just real quickly, he, you know,
1: I'd also point out that the Haladin, we don't know too much about them, but we know that they're sundered in speech from mm-hmm. the people of Beor and the people of Marach. So right. uh, if they're sundered in speech, uh, you know, remember, we, we use that as a oh, telegraph yeah. for they're sundered in culture. culture.
0: Absolutely. So
1: uh, they're they're definitely uh, – there's a closer kinship between the people of Beor and the people of Marach than there is uh, to yeah, the Holodin. The Holodin, Agreed. And sure enough, we're we're going to see way more of them than we will see of the the Holodine. Yeah, the Holodene
0: eventually kind of, yeah, they do kind of disappear from the scene except for one small area. Yeah. Yeah. So I am going to read this next paragraph because I think this is uh, pretty interesting stuff here about the the reaction, not of Finrod, but of uh, some of the less enlightened elves. (laughs) Uh, Now, the green elves of Osirian were troubled by the coming of men. And when they heard that a lord of the Eldar from over the sea was among them, they sent messengers to Felagund. Lord, they said, if you have power over these newcomers, bid them return by the ways that they came, or else to go forward. For we desire no strangers in this land to break the peace in which we live. And these folk are hewers of trees and hunters of beasts. Therefore we are their unfriends, and if they will not (laughs) depart, we shall afflict them in all ways that we can. There's our unfriends again. Including like a Twitter storm, probably. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Hashtag tree killer. Hashtag tree.
1: Killer. <laughs> Hashtag hewer. Yeah. Hashtag hunter. Um,
0: Unfriends. You know he uses you know, that word a few times, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. They always go back to Feanor and Galadriel.
1: Yeah. Tell me if I'm reading too much into this. They they send messengers to Felagund. Now, I obviously you know they're going to send messengers to the person who can speak with them because right, right. Felagund speaks Elvish, but. You got to think there's just an element of um, the Green Elves don't even see men as, you know, completely oh, yeah. sentient beings, you know? Right, right. Um, they're not even attempting to communicate directly with men. They're they're just going straight to the Elf because they just – they they think they're, probably don't think they're much better than animals at this point.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think also there's probably a little bit of um, – we'll see it later. A little bit of uh, – wrong word – cowardice. Uh, I mean, again, I don't want to be mean to the Green Elves, but – uh, you'll see later that they kind of hide like, from one group because they're they're afraid yeah. of them. I think they're probably oh, yeah. afraid of these guys. And they're thinking, well, you know, I don't want to come out and tell them to leave because they might hurt us. We're only armed with slender bows. <laughs> uh, <you> know, to, <laughs> Once again, slender bows. You guys should get something other than slender felleries. bows. That's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind of like <laughs> no, the red the, shirt in Star Trek, the slender bows in real right, right.
1: earth. <laughs> Anybody who's carrying slender bows is oh, not, red shirt. not long for this arta. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, that, you, 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 you could be yeah you probably are right about that um, just a little bit of fear you know maybe just kind of thinking of them as wild animals just something yeah. that can't be untamable. can't be
0: reasoned with yeah you tell animal. your pet to go home you you take that right, pit exactly. bull you make sure that that's attached by a chain and you tell that him to go somewhere that
1: big else. hairy thing with the rude harp you tell him with to get out of here harp. who are you calling rude <laughs>
0: I, we were talking about this earlier. <laughs> the, the Green Elves were saying, You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about that one. Uh, like maybe, the
1: bartender. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> that song from the 90s. the um, Closing time. Closing time. By, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Semi sonic. Semi sonic. You don't have yeah, to no. go home, but you can't, can't stay, stay here. here. Uh, I'd love to hear you sing it. Sing it, Sean. No, no, right. okay. I didn't no. think I could get you. Did I'll try. No. <laughs> we'll try again. So it's a little after my time,
1: anyway. I was kind of an early '90s kid. That was more of a late '90s oh, thing. Oh, I yeah, I was definitely. I was more
0: than an '80s kid. Remember, I'm older than you oh, are. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I mean that's that's why I call you Bayor the Old. Oh, I'm the Bayor the Old. Your Malak. You think that's what we'll do next time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff.
1: Not as long as you have the pause button. We're not going to do that.
0: <laughs>
1: and so should I take the next paragraph? You do. You have the next
0: Please take the next paragraph right. before, before something bad happens. All right.
1: Then by the advice of Feligund, Baor gathered all the wandering families and kindreds of his people, and they removed over Gelion, and took up their abode in the lands of Amrod and Amras, upon the east banks of the Kelon south of Nan-Elmoth, near to the borders of Doriath. And the name of that land thereafter was Estelad, the encampment. But when, after a year had passed, Feligund wished to return to his own country, Beor begged leave to come with him, and he remained in the service of the king of Nargothrond while his life lasted. In this way he got his name, Beor, whereas his name before had been Balan, for Beor signified vassal in the tongue of his people. Hmm. The rule of his folk he committed to Baran, his elder son, and he did not return again to Estelad. Wow. Boy,
0: well, this is it, where
1: those names really start to get confusing, isn't it? Baran, son
0: it, it, of Balan. Balan, Baran, yeah, they yeah. do. And, and you know, Bayor's a little easier, but yeah, Balan and Baran, it's like, oh man, and yeah. that, you're right, that's exactly the kind of stuff we're going to start seeing. Yeah. I love the opening line though. By the advice of Felican, <laughs> Um Bayort, come here. We got to talk. You might, you might want to move, wanna move guys. that direction. There's somebody with you... some slender bows pointing at you. <laughs> yeah, the, the
1: real gentle nudge, like, hey, guys, can we just move this way? Can we just way? move this way? <laughs> I think I up. hear rustling in the in the leaves. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, but, you know, it, but it's uh, it's it's advice. It's uh, hey, it you're my friend. I want to take care of you guys, and um, you have some unfriends in those woods right there. Yeah. So let's move them. Yeah, it's not seriously. a, you know, it's not an elvish. Uh, you know, we command you as the elves oh, no, who live no. here. You know, to leave this place. It's nothing like that.
0: No, and um, even the green elves, to their credit, are not saying. You know, make them. He's saying, if you have influence, please use true. it to encourage them to to move on. Um, That's you true. know, they yeah. are the, the the elves of Osirian are kind of loners. Yeah. They really, you know, they have been ever since their king was killed. I get it.
1: Well, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that would that, it's it's, you know, not unheard of to pursue an isolationist policy after <laughs> losing a head of state in battle. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah,
1: that, true that. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so So yeah, they so they they yeah, yeah. So Will he, he moves, so he Baor. goes, yeah, and he stays with Finrod for the rest of his life, and they and they call him Bayor, which means vassal. And uh, here again, I saw a word that I didn't know. I had to go down a rabbit hole on it. Of course, um, you did. So again, I'm going to assume that this is Taliska. Um It's kind of hard to find more on it, and yeah, I know yeah, Tolkien tells us a lot what it there no. And I know Tolkien tells us what it means, but I'm I'm not gonna let that go. Um, <laughs> I did because I knew that Talisco was based on Germanic. I actually went and looked to see if I could find any Germanic words that uh, that kind of had this meaning and that kind of sound. And wouldn't you know? Uh, I found a word that might be familiar to uh, to Tolkien readers. There's uh, there's an old English word, Bayorn, which means warrior. Uh-huh. And of course, it's the name of Beorn from The Hobbit, right? Which it means uh, warrior. Okay. It means it means warrior. It it is also uh, cognate with the like the, I guess the Norse word for bear, which I think is why. Right. You know, he created that character to be a warrior and a bear. Right. Um, but in Old English, it only ever means warrior. There's no reference to it ever actually meaning bear in Old English, um, and it might actually be related to. Um, uh, the Germanic word that is the origin of the word baron, which I thought was fascinating, oh. which does have a connotation of not only warrior, but also servant, member of a household. Um, right. Somebody who owes know, allegiance, fealty. Yeah. Yeah. Or vassal. Vassal. So, right. That would be so a vassal, yeah. wouldn't it? I, I, think, uh, I think that's uh, that's where that's coming from, which I is kind of so. neat. I kind of feel like I kind of cracked through the code a little bit there. Impressive um, stuff. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, and again, it's it's uh it's also related to the name of Bayorn from the Hobbit. So, right. uh, just interesting linguistic stuff. I'm not, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that Bayorn from the Hobbit is descended from Bayor, although or is any relate anyway related to Bayor. I've seen that people would say be a that it would. I, I've seen people say it. I've seen people have all this like, you know, I've seen the charts and the graphs where people think <laughs> it's true, but um, <laughs> I, I I'm you know i'm i'm I, there's just nothing there to support it but um but it's definitely interesting uh, the linguistic connection even if there's not an actual you know right. uh, yeah, genetic, the genetic connection, connection there right
0: good point yeah well so yeah good stuff on that I, I appreciate you digging into vassal because i would have kind of just glanced at me, oh well Tolkien says it means vassal so it means vassal uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have that done is yet, not
1: good enough for i Sean. love the i
0: love that root <laughs> you know finding those roots and going yeah. back into into germanic and old english um Good stuff. I'll go ahead and tackle the next paragraph here. We're getting a little bit more about the um, more unfriendly Green Elves. All right. Soon after the departure of Felagund, the other men of whom Beor had spoken came also into Beleriand. First came the Haladin. But meeting the unfriendship of the Green Elves, they turned north and dwelt in Thargelion, in the country of Carinthir, son of Feanor. There for a time they had peace, and the people of Carinthir paid little heed to them. In the next year, Marak led his people over the mountains. They were a tall and warlike folk, marching in ordered companies, and the elves of Osirian hid themselves and did not waylay them. But Marak, hearing that the people of Beor were dwelling in a green and fertile land, came down the dwarf road and settled in the country south and east of the dwellings of Baran, son of Beor, and there was great friendship between those peoples. Felagun himself often returned to visit men. And many other elves out of the westlands, both Noldor and Sindar, journeyed to Estelad, being eager to see the Edain, whose coming had long been foretold. Now Atani, the second people, was the name given to men in Valinor in the lore that told of their coming. But in the speech of Beleriand, that name became Edain, and it was there used only of the three kindreds of the elf friends. Hmm. More unfriendly. (laughs) <laughs> elves of course yeah, of course but only when they feel like they have the upper hand <laughs> very mean, true uh, very this Marok fellow we're just gonna hide and let them go yeah that's very true <laughs> uh, Karanthir paid little heed to them I know
1: the people of <laughs> Karanthir yeah whatever <laughs> you kind of figured again we talked about Karanthir before he's like he's probably just like yeah, can I make money off of them they don't no, have much okay. money they're not gonna you be have,
0: right they're not gonna be economic have. use yeah all they have is rude harps. I'm not going <laughs> Rude not harps. much trade. Can't rude make, harps. <laughs> can't make much of a business doing that. <laughs> I mean, there's really not a lot of purpose. Uh, no. You're just going to ignore them. Um, yeah, exactly. But the big group heads over to um, to the encampment to Estelot and lives just south and east of them. And they end up they end up being really good friends. They connect, like we talked about. You said the Haladin the, are linguistically separated and therefore also culturally separated.
1: Right.
0: And then there's just that little tiny tidbit about the fact that uh, the name Atani kind of mm-hmm. got, kind of got turned into Edine, Right. Um, but the key, it's only used of, of those three. Of
1: the three kindreds of right. the elf friends of these yeah. three families. The, the people yeah. of
0: Marak, the people of Beor, and the, uh, the Haladine. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Elves show up. Elves say, you know, I mean, it's almost like Finrod goes around and like a carnival barker, you know, step right like, up. Hey, guys, step right up and see come the- and see the weirdest thing. This side of Kuivian. <laughs> <Vienin. laughs>
1: They've got beards, the, the, the hairy people with the rude harps.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't goodness. obviously
1: can't get that rude harp out of my
0: head. I know. Neither can I. Apparently, I really <laughs> stuck that with you. It's almost like the, the Darth Onion thing you did to me. Thanks. Yeah,
1: exactly. I get my
0: revenge. <laughs> yep, the rune harp, is the rude rude harp. Um, So they come so from all over. shows up. Yeah, yeah, and and interestingly, um, you know, the the young men of the Edain go with the kings and lords of the Eldar uh, and, oh, and yeah, took yeah. service with them. Right. Fascinating. I mean, it's a way for them to get embedded in that culture, uh, to you know, gain that knowledge. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, anybody who's
1: a student of history has seen this before. You know, oh yeah. Primitive people come to this place, and there's this advanced civilization. And, yep. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll go work for these guys. There's you know, yeah. there's there's knowledge in it. There's you know, potentially uh, security and money yeah. in it for land. They, uh, land. Absolutely. We don't hear much about money in Tolkien's world, but it's definitely no. it's a it's a uh,
0: well wealth in a, terms of land, in terms of it's yeah. a comfortable it's a comfortable life that Certainly. they can find there. Well, especially with uh, aside from the. With Finrod, because wasn't it his group that brought more treasures than any of the others of so the Noldor? Yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah, that's true. I work so he, for Finrod. He, he probably, pays better. He probably
0: right. He probably did have some pretty good salaries. <laughs> um, but you know, they didn't even. So the, the, the young men go and take these jobs, but even the rest mm-hmm. of the Udyne still wanted to go westward. They yeah. they felt like, hey, this isn't our stopping point. Right. But they're kind of stuck. They can't go straight west because they're right in front of Doriath. And they can't go to the south because they can't cross Sirion and all the fens and swamps down there. So um, the three houses of the Noldor say, come on, move over, you know, move with us. And so sure enough, by small groups, families and kindreds and, you know, bigger groups and bigger groups, they they get up and they leave Estelad. And it takes about 50 years. But then by that point, most of the many thousands, at least the text says, have entered the lands of the kings. And most of them... Interestingly, they took this long road northward. So, if you look at the map, I'm going to look at loaderproject.com, Estelad right there to the east of Doriath, to the south of mm-hmm. Nan Elmoth, where we were last chapter. Yep. They went north. Now, they didn't go through Nandungorthib. They went the long way north. They went all, all the way up above Dorthonian.
1: So, they went through the Pass of the Mountains.
0: Yeah. They went through, um, uh, well, probably there's a, the, that small, there's a, the Pass of um, Aglon there.
1: Oh yeah, I guess so. They must they have, might gone have gone through the gone, pass
0: of Aglon. Or through the March of Mithros, but I would imagine they would have gone the, the more direct route, the Pass of Aglon. Yeah. And yeah. then up along the north side of Dorthonion. And then down um, through and then down through the, yeah, the, the Pass of uh, Tulsa. Oh I
1: was I was thinking the Pass of Anak, but uh, which one's that? That's the one uh oh, on the map it's oh, between oh. Gondolin and Eric Gorgoroth? Oh yeah, no. I think but they went. No, do they go through? Yeah, Tel-Syrion? there's
0: there's yeah. something they talk about coming down the Sirion in a couple of, okay, uh, a couple of spots okay. or one spot. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. Uh, and some of them end up going straight west and end up in um, in Hithlum and Dorloman. So right. Um. Yeah, but they take a very long route. Because um, yeah. that's wow. the safe way. Um. The people of Bayor came to Dorthonian, and they dwelt in lands ruled by the House of Finarfin, mm-hmm. and then uh, Maroc's people. His son had become Aradan. I know names. It's even worse when the guy (laughs) has two names, right? Yeah. But his people, Malak, son of
1: Marak, who becomes Aradan. Yeah, that's not confusing at all. The
0: second group of people, uh, they go straight westward and end up in Hithlam. But some of them also passed down Syrian into Beleriand and dwelt. Uh, In the vales of the southern slopes of Arid So, Mm -hmm. you know, you're talking about right there along uh, the southeast edge of Mithrim and Dorloman, kind of in the mountains there. So then you've got a paragraph. Now that we've got that, I just want to kind of skim that. And we get a little interest, uh, a little uh, reintroduction of Thingol, right?
1: Yeah. Good old Thingol always comes on the scene, (laughs) always has an opinion to to give us his thoughts on things. Yeah. It is said that in all these matters none save Finrod Felagund took counsel with King Thingol, and he was ill-pleased, both for that reason and because he was troubled by dreams concerning the coming of men, ere ever the first tidings of them were heard. Hmm. Therefore he commanded that men should take no lands to dwell in save in the north, and that the princes whom they served should be answerable for all that they did. And he said, Into Doriath shall no man come while my realm lasts, Not even those of the house of Beor, who serve Finrod the beloved. Melian said nothing to him at that time, but afterwards she said to Galadriel, Now the world runs on swiftly to great tidings, and one of men, even of Beor's house, shall indeed come, and the girdle of Melian shall not restrain him, for doom greater than my power shall send him, and the songs that shall spring from that coming shall endure when all Middle-earth is
0: changed. Wow. Thingol once again, good old Thingol. <laughs> good old. It's like, Takes a it's position. It's my house. It's my. You are not <laughs> coming not in coming here, here. Uh, said, uh Not so much. <laughs> yeah. <She's laughs> Nobody's coming here not, as long as I'm king.
1: She's learned not to waste her breath arguing with him, though, because <laughs> he's not going to listen. <laughs> right.
0: He never <laughs> I mean, listens. He could say she could have said that right then. Uh, actually, one of the one of them is going to come, and I'm not going to restrain yeah. him. Oh, I yeah. don't know what you're talking about. Nobody's going to be here. Right. Oh, and by the way, nobody asked me. He's <laughs> kind of ticked. He's always he ill
1: pleased. He's ill pleased. <laughs> it's, it's a, nice little. Uh, isn't understatement. that what we
0: used? Isn't that what the text used for um, what Morgoth was when Glaurung revealed himself? He was ill pleased. So when yeah, it <laughs> yeah. revealed himself yeah. early. Uh, similarly, a nice
1: understatement, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Fingal, This is the role Thingol plays more yeah, and more as the as the text goes on. He just he's always sort of uh railing against
0: fate. <laughs> yeah. He's always wrong. I'm always on the wrong side. Poor guy. Yeah.
1: I know. Um
0: I like him. I, you know, I, yeah, I want to like yeah, him. He's, you want to like you know, him. But yeah. Just, I'd like him more if he listen to his wife.
1: Yeah, I mean, oh, really. for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, you married a Maya. You, you should, married yeah, up. Seriously. You live with an Ainu. Yeah. Can you please recognize how much wisdom you have right next to you? Please. Listen to the lady. Listen to the lady. She knows what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, so some men did stay back uh, in Estelad, and there was a, a, a mingled people between uh, Malak's people and Beor's people um, until, of course, they were, you know, fled back after the, the ruin of Balerion which we'll get to, I think, next chapter, right? right. Yes, um, yes. But uh, th- I thought this was interesting. I'm not going to read the paragraph, but there's a little passage here about they feared the Eldar in the light of their eyes. Hmm. That's important. I think this comes back to the Morgoth and the darkness thing, and the, this, because Morgoth and darkness, Morgoth doesn't like light either, right? And True. We know yeah. that he. You know, how does he feel about Varda? Uh, how does he feel about? Um, I can't remember her name the Ainu that's uh, carrying the Ari- sun. Arian. Yeah, yep, yeah. Arian. He does not like mm-hmm. light, right? Uh, and so some of these guys, they feared the Eldar in the light of their eyes. I. I think the Got only it. thing that fears light typically is darkness. Is so, darkness, yeah. you know, we're, we're talking about not the best of them. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So, you know, because they're not the best of them, we get dissensions. So we're going we're gonna to talk about this paragraph by paragraph. I'm going to start with the, um, the first paragraph about this discontent. Okay. Uh, the leaders of discontent were Bereg of the House of Beor and Amlak, one of the grandsons of Marak. And they said openly, We took long roads desiring to escape the perils of Middle Earth and the dark things that dwell there. For we heard that there was light in the west. But now we learn that the light is beyond the sea. Thither we cannot come where the gods dwell in bliss, save one, for the Lord of the dark is here before us, and the Eldar, wise but fell, who make endless war upon him. In the north he dwells, they say. And there is the pain and the death from which we fled. We will not go that way. So let's talk about that before I'll have you tackle the next paragraph. Mm -hmm. So... Um, this is interesting. They realize now they've learned we can't get to the light. Right. We can't get all the way over there.
1: Yeah. This, this, this dream that they set out with of of finding the light is not attainable for them. So we
0: can't go far enough West (coughs) and we Mm -hmm. won't go North. Right. What are we going to do? So there's Mm -hmm. the problem, right? So the problem now has been identified. We don't know where to go. Right. Um, Go ahead and tell us so, what uh, what, the what elf they friends, what they did about it. Say, the good guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then a council and assembly of men was called and great numbers came together and the elf-friends answered Beren saying Truly from the dark king come all the evils from which we fled but he seeks dominion over all Middle-earth and whither now shall we turn and he will not pursue us unless he be vanquished here or at least held in leaguer, only by the valour of the Eldar is he restrained and maybe it was for this purpose,
0: to aid them at need, that we were brought into this land. There you go. I love that line. A, Only by the valor of the Eldar is he restrained. It is by another, the blood of our people that your lands yes, exactly. are kept Yes, exactly. That's just what I was thinking. It reminds me of Boromir again. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but I like this. I like this sentiment. You know, uh, he's, yeah. he, wants, he wants everything. He doesn't yeah. just want this area. I mean, no matter where we go. No. He he wants to take it over wherever so it is. He's named him,
0: it to himself forever, right? right. <laughs> I, named this I named this to and myself, I named and I named that to myself. myself. Uh,
1: and if we don't fight him here, yeah, then he's going to come for us eventually. Wherever and maybe we go, he will come that, for us eventually. Yeah. yeah, and
0: and maybe this is why we're here. Yeah, to be fighting with these Eldar right because now. Because if we side with them, then you know, all of a sudden that side is stronger. Right. You know, if, if we can, if he if he hits us each separately. He's mm-hmm. going to be able to take everybody down. Right. Um, I love this. You know, it's a recognition that, look, we were called here because of the light. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we can't stay here. You know, right. we, we have a purpose. Yeah. But Bereg has something to say, right? To this, Bereg answered, Let the Eldar look to it. Our lives are short enough. But there arose one who seemed to all to be Amlak, son of Imlak, speaking fell words that shook the hearts of all who heard him. All this is but elvish lore, tales to beguile newcomers that are unwary. The sea has no shore. There is no light in the west. You have followed a fool fire of the elves to the end of the world. Which of you has seen the least of the gods? Who has beheld the dark king in the north? Those who seek the dominion of Middle-earth are the Eldar. Greedy for wealth, they have delved in the earth for its secrets— have stirred to wrath the things that dwell beneath it as they have ever done and ever shall let the orcs have the realm that is theirs and we will have ours there's room in the world if the Eldar will let us be so okay, this is a Neville yeah. Chamberlain <laughs> I mean this
1: is yeah this is a step beyond yeah. isolationism into no the elves
0: are the real problem here yeah yeah the elves are the problem yeah. and we can coexist with the orcs yeah, right, yeah.
1: right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's That That sounds reasonable. Yeah, that, yeah that, that's reasonable.
0: Work. Let the orcs have their realm. We'll have ours. I'm sure, you know, yeah, that, that'll work. They're never going to really bother us if just the no. Eldar will let us be. Right. Love this word, Foolfire, though. Foolfire. That's, fool that's fire. my favorite word. That's awesome. My
1: next new car, I'm going to name it Foolfire or get that as a vanity plate or something.
0: Foolfire.
1: <laughs>
0: I got to figure out how to use it that in to, a sentence. You have to be red. Let me just My Foolfire. Your middle, your midlife crisis car. I mean, yeah, you exactly. are approaching that time. Yes, you're, you're going to have yeah. to get a V8 <laughs> something. You know, I think i um, yeah, I think <laughs> I'm getting close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, trust me, I'm I'm what eight years ahead of you. You're you're there. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. Uh, the yeah. only thing that's stalling it is the fact that your kids are still little. Exactly. No, oh, my goodness. Right. Yeah, I mean, this is just. What a, a set of lines, huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, like yeah. you said, this is well beyond, you know, not our business. I mean, he starts out with yeah. that, right? The elder, let the elder look to it. And he makes an interesting point. Our lives are short enough. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, throwing our lives away is foolish because we don't live very long. Yeah, right. Okay. There's an interesting th- point. Sure. Yeah. There. Bear, Bear Egg actually makes
1: some. Halfway decent points if yeah. you don't know the whole story. Right. But, but then this... But uh this, this Amlock guy is or just... seemingly Amlock. Seemingly Amlock guy, yeah. Yeah. You spoiled
0: um, it. Well, it says there arose one who seemed to all to be Amlock. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> I mean, true. Tolkien that's does have true. this good tendency point. to spoil his own surprises. That is a good point. That's so, true. But I will let you take the surprise. Go ahead. All right. Then
1: those that listened sat for a while astounded, and a shadow of fear fell on their hearts and they resolved to depart far from the lands of the Eldar. But afterwards, Amlock returned among them, and denied that he had been present at their debate or had spoken such words as they reported, and there was doubt and bewilderment among men. Then the elf friends said, You will now believe this at least, there is indeed a dark lord, and his spies and emissaries are among us, for he fears us and the strength that we may give to his foes. <laughs> yeah, You think Uh, Morgoth? Yeah, yeah. I I love. I just love. Wasn't here. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's like, like, weren't you just here? Like, didn't, didn't you just drink
0: three whole tankards of mead? (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness! Yeah, wasn't me. Wasn't uh, me. Wasn't me. Well, let's go to the video. I mean, you know, this is (laughs) one of those. (laughs) Yeah. Right, yeah. Look at the surveillance cams and see if that was yeah. really Amlock or not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe you're, you're fact-checking him. <laughs> what do you mean you didn't say that? We have it on tape. It's right here. It wasn't me. And I it, didn't say it. It was the crawl underneath. He did say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so you'd think that would be it, right? That, okay, well, now that we know there is an enemy and he's trying to sow dissension among us, you'd mm-hmm. think they'd all side up together. But no, some still nope. answered... He hates us, rather, and ever the more the longer we dwell here, meddling in his quarrel with the kings of the Eldar, to no gain of ours. <laughs> Making it all about just their, you know, right, their yeah. gain. Uh, many, oh, yeah. therefore, of those that yet remained in Estelad made ready to depart, and Berag led a thousand of the people of Beor away southwards, and they passed out of the songs of those days. But Amlock repented, saying, I have now a quarrel of my own with this master of lies, which will last to my life's end. And he went away north and entered the service of Mithros, but those of his people who were of like mind with Bereg chose a new leader, and they went back over the mountains into Eriador and are forgotten.
1: Um, Lux, uh, Now it's personal moment. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's, like he's it's rolling up the sleeves like I'm gonna get this guy. It's personal now. Yeah, <laughs> in a world where the Dark Lord has accused you of lying. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> it's um, personal. Omlock, um, the untold story, <laughs> master of lies, <laughs> coming oh, soon. Oh man, that's too good. Uh, there's there's oh, the boy, first
1: there's the first Silmarillion movie.
0: story. I'm pretty sure the the projects all the people talk about making a Silmarillion film. I don't think Unlock um, probably really not shows talking up. about the Unlock. Um, they probably the haven't cast an Unlock yet.
1: Probably not. Nope. <laughs>
0: There's your story. There, There's the story. Who's this Omelot guy? That's who I want to learn more about. That's right. Actually, I'm curious more about this new leader that's unnamed. The ones that went back over the mountains, that's what I want to know. Yeah. There's yeah. a story there. There is. <laughs> I don't know who. <laughs> we digress. We always do. <laughs> we always do. I did think it was interesting, and and we touched on this a little bit in our conversation before this. That um, this tendency about isolationism. We talked about that being something very hobbity. Um, I think you mentioned Breish, uh, you know, Brelander. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, this kind of you know, isolation, sort of isolationist mentality, this yeah. idea that if I just, if I just
1: stay in my little, my little shire, my little town, they won't bother kinda, me if I don't they bother, won't bother them. me if I don't bother them. Yeah. And, and that's one of the the running themes in Lord of the Rings is that, no, that's not going to happen not at all.
0: True. See what happens. You see what happens to the it's shire. total naivete. It's total naivete. Yeah. And it's understandable given the shire's uh, status as you know, protected by the, by the Rangers. Yeah. Un- unaware, blissfully unaware. Right. Um, but yeah, danger is going to come everywhere, and you're better off facing it with other people who you know are on the same side. But you know, Barrack still takes a thousand and leaves. So, whatever. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, he's he's out of the songs oh. of those days. So yeah, that's your loss. I'm, a, I'm out, guys. Don't so, write any songs about me. <laughs> don't, yeah, I don't want any songs. Go. I don't want any rude harps talking about me. <laughs> right. How many times we're gonna get the rude harps in?
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go back east and start a little honey farm, and my descendant Bayorn will <laughs> oh, see you again oh, later. Oh,
0: oh, oh, oh. oh, that would be sad if Bayorn's descended from the the kind of the wrong from part. The, the bad the, guy. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was an isolationist. He. Oh, that is true. Absolutely. Um. Well, interesting. So we've touched on the. Um, I. I am not really theorizing that Beor I know was you're saying right I, I know yeah, I just got to put that, nobody that out else there says. for everybody. <laughs> I hope nobody else thinks that that's yeah. So we've touched about so Amlok who was uh, who was descended from Malak, and um and and Bereg, who was descended from Bayor. So now we talk briefly about the Haladin. we won't read the next couple paragraphs but we'll just summarize um, you know they they get attacked by an orc raid. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't live, you know, like in villages or cities, they live set apart, very spread out. So it took them a while to unite. Yeah. Um, but Haldad gathers them all together, retreats to this angle of land between two rivers, builds a mm-hmm. stockade and, and pr- tries to protect the women and children. And then they were besieged. So then we'll go ahead and have you pick up with, um, with that third paragraph there with Haldad and his twin children. Okay. Haldad had twin
1: children. Haleth his daughter and Haldar his son and both were valiant in the defense for Haleth was a woman of great heart and strength but at last Haldad was slain in a sortie against the orcs and Haldar who rushed out to save his father's body from their butchery was hewn down beside him Hmm. then Haleth held the people together though they were without hope and some cast themselves in the rivers and were drowned but seven days later As the orcs made their last assault and had already broken through the stockade, there came suddenly a music of trumpets, and Caranthir with his host came down from the north and drove the orcs into the rivers.
0: And I want to talk about what happened there with with Caranthir, but before we do, I wanted to touch on um, uh, what we just talked about with the characters. I want to make sure we all uh, understand who Haleth is, because she's going to be real central uh, to the Haladin now. Yes, yes. so, yeah, so Haladud gets everybody together, builds a stockade, dies. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> we just introduced you to this guy. He tried. killed him. And We just gone. introduced you to his son. Killed him. He's gone. Uh, but we do have Haleth, and that's good. So then Caranthir shows up, and I'll go ahead and, and read the next couple paragraphs there. Then Caranthir looked kindly upon men and did Haleth great honor, and he offered her recompense for her father and brother. And seeing, over late, what valor there was in the Edain, he said to her, If you will remove and dwell further north, there you shall have the friendship and protection of the Eldar, and free lands of your own. But Haleth was proud, and unwilling to be guided or ruled, and most of the Haladin were of like mood. Therefore she thanked Karanthir, but answered, My mind is now set, Lord, to leave the shadow of the mountains and go west, whither others of our kin have gone. When therefore the Haladin had gathered all whom they could find alive of their folk, who had fled wild into the woods before the orcs, and had gleaned what remained of their goods in their burned homesteads, they took Haleth for their chief, and she led them at last to Estelad, and there dwelt for a time. But they remained a people apart, and were ever after known to elves and men as the people of Haleth. <laughs> so Carinthir. Yeah, maybe I was a little hard, hard, hard on, on him. It. Yeah, yeah I know. maybe
1: so. I mean, um, I don't know. He calling him a petty baron and all that stuff, and here yeah. he goes saving, saving the holiday. Well, but then, him uh, but then again, yeah, that's true. He couldn't couldn't step in a little sooner. Yeah, you know. I mean, but and and again, I mean, you know, even Feyenor loved his dad. So
0: <laughs> that's true. There's always a little <laughs> There's bit always of good in somebody. Some good a, in everybody. Even somebody like Karanthir. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, you know, Karanthir, his people had ignored him. What's the passage? It says that. um Uh, They basically that they ignored them. Where's the line? I'm looking for it here. They took no notice of them, I believe. They took took little notice. There we go. The people of Carinthir paid little heed. Paid little heed to them. That's it. Well, you know, maybe if you'd paid attention, you would have noticed when they were getting attacked by the orcs. Getting
1: slaughtered. I mean, not that
0: you have responsibility to go and save them. You know, they're not your people. I get that. Uh, But I wonder if that's kind of why he offered recompense. You know, like um, interesting, like he felt bad for not paying attention earlier, because really, if I paid attention, your dad and your brother might still be alive and have your people. Um, That could be. Yeah, but I'm not going to I don't want to pin that on him. I mean, it's like I said, it's not his job.
1: Well, and he he does go further, you know, saying that Mm -hmm. more than just recompense, he's like, hey, you know, look, you're you guys are valorous. If you want, you can stay here and you can. You
0: know, you can live with us. You can have the friendship yeah. and protection of the Eldar. Right. Come further north because, yeah. you know, they were kind of in the south of the land. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely did but the right Haleth- thing. I mean, he really yeah. does. I'm t- – kudos to him for this particular moment. Uh, and yeah. and Haleth.
1: I, Haleth is one – I just – I want to know more about her. It's unfortunate that there's not I know. Too, too much more about her than, than what we get here. it kind of
0: reminds me a little bit of um, of Morwen and Eowyn combined. Yeah, this yeah, sort of you that. know warrior woman, but dour and yeah, and you know stern. Yeah, um, yeah. She's an interesting character. I would wish I would mm-hmm. like to know more about her. And There's she your is other proud. Movie. What was that? What was There's it? your next Still movie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right, Alice, the untold story. In a world where, <laughs> in a world where your brother where and father are killing
1: you kill. down in That's the right. angle of the rivers. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, but she's proud. She's she says, you know, no, we're we're fine. We're good. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna leave the shadow of the mountains and go west. Yeah,
0: we're gonna go west. And, and they did. Man. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and they actually didn't take the long route. We're not gonna read that part, but they journeyed through Nandungorthib, the land between the mountains of Terror and the Girdle of Melian. Wow, wow, you're not lying. Yeah. That's nasty stuff. I mean, the text even says this is no, it, not as bad as it would become later, but it was no road for mortal men to take without aid. Wow. Um, and it was a brutal passing. Uh, her will, the strength of her will is what it took to get them to go forward. It was, they get over but to the other a, side and they all were like, man, I wish we hadn't done that. <laughs> but I'm not going back. But you've got to imagine the loyalty that she, oh, you know, that yeah. her people had for her. Yeah. Total. I to mean, go through that. Yeah. Amazing. Really, that's a, a it, it doesn't, I mean, you really, if you're not looking, you miss that part.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I think I have missed that part many I times mean, in the past.
0: Um, yeah, so they end up, if we look at the map, they dwelt uh, in the woods beyond Tiglan, Um And then, but she went a little bit further into the forest of Brethil between mm-hmm. Tiglan and Sirion. Now, we're going to end right. up seeing that later in the Tale of Turin. Right. Uh so that area yeah, her does people are come still into gonna, play. that's
1: kind of where they're going to stay. They are.
0: He's going to stay, yeah. Yeah, and he's going to end up meeting some of these uh the the people yep. of Halath. Yeah. So we will see these folks again, so don't don't forget that. Um but who owns Brethel? Tell us. <laughs> tell us. Sean. Like the the guy who claims to own it all. Well, um, that would be Morgoth. This I name well, myself that's, that true, that's true.
1: That's true. No, this I'm, this guy just this guy just claims, you know. This part, and like you guys can have that stuff up north (laughs) that I don't have. Um, Okay. Now Brethil was claimed as part of his realm by King Thingol, though it was not within the girdle of Melian, and he would have denied it to Haleth. But Feligund, who had the friendship of Thingol, hearing of all that had befallen the people of Haleth, obtained this grace for her, that she should dwell free in Brethil, upon the condition only that her people should guard the crossings of Taglin against all enemies of the Eldar, and allow no orcs to enter their woods.
0: To this Haleth...
1: <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah,
0: like
1: yeah, they're gonna. The, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> right. To the, and that's exactly her response. To this Haleth answered, Where are Haldad, my father, and Haldar, my brother? If the king of Doriath fears a friendship between Haleth and those who have devoured her kin, then the thoughts of the Eldar are strange to men. And Haleth <laughs> dwelt in Brethel until she died. And her people raised a green mound over her in the heights of the forest. Truharetha, the lady barrow. How then
0: Arwen in the cinder and tongue? tongue. Mm, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's not the last time we'll see how then Arwen. That is true. That yep. is the lady barrow. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff.
1: Uh, great, great case of uh, a woman putting an elf lord in his place. I got yeah, to say, I mean, yeah, she doesn't say it directly to Thingol. She's talking to Finrod here, but... Uh, yeah, it's like, you know, you really think that I'm going to make alliance with people who have yeah. devoured my kin. And y'all I think that's. Are, y'all
0: are weird if you think that's, yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> pretty much what she says.
0: Let's think all. I mean, you know, he's he's got weird ideas. <laughs> he really does. I guess he doesn't think much of men if that they would.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> that is true. she
0: shouldn't let any orcs come in. Yeah. Uh, her people were wiped out by orcs. Yeah. Well, but still, I don't want her to let any orcs in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We got that. Yeah. She's, she's
1: going to do that. <laughs> so, uh, and, uh, what else do we have here? Uh, well, not a lot on this. I mean, that's no, the, the, got, the name of the, the barrow, right? Name of the barrow. Yeah. Uh, so now you know that Arwen means lady, right? Which is kind of cool if you're parsing that. Um, and, uh, and then there's this name of the, the barrow tour, Um, I haven't figured out what this means. And, well, like, well, I mean, it's, it says what it means. <laughs> Old English um, or Germanic or anything? Yeah, I haven't figured out what the Germanic connection is to this one yet, but I'm looking for it. <laughs> okay. I'm assuming it's, you know, uh, I know I'm I'm guessing that haretha. I don't know if that means lady or if that's just her name or what, but that's a, that's a fascinating
0: puzzle I'll have to dig into and come back to. You're right, because it does sound a little bit like haleth, doesn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. there's a little yeah. bit of similarity to it, but... Uh, since we don't know what Haleth means, we certainly right. and, it is, and it's maybe,
1: And maybe Haleth means lady or maybe it means you know something right. close to lady. You know? Right,
0: yeah, something along those lines. So basically by the end of this, we see that there are members of the Adain, these three uh, kinships of the uh, elf friends that are mm-hmm. living kind of scattered all over the place. Some are right. in big groups and some in small groups. And you know they're living all over the place uh, and they end up learning uh, Sindarin. Uh, because <laughs> Quenyan's not being spoken anywhere, right, as we learned yeah, before. Um, but the elves realized it would be good for them to live on their own, set uh, in, in areas apart where they could, you know, have their own chieftains and stuff, and march under their own banners, but, um, but you know, serve as allies. So uh, I skipped that real fast because I wanted to get to the family trees before the end of the episode. Now, Hador Lorendal, son of Hathol, son of Magor, son of Malak Aradan, entered the household of Fingolfin in his youth and was loved by the king. Fingolfin, therefore, gave to him the lordship of Dorlomen, and into that land he gathered most of the people of his kin, and became the mightiest of the chieftains of the Edain. In his house only the elven tongue was spoken, but their own speech was not forgotten, and from it came the common tongue of Numenor. Mm-hmm. But in Dorthonion, the lordship of the people of Beor and the country of Ladros was given to Boromir, son of Boron, who was the grandson of Beor the Old. So we get a little bit oh, Boromir. I mean, cool name uh, would show up again later. Yeah, totally, yeah. That, some, totally somebody should later. reuse that name. Yeah, yeah kind of like the king of uh, the Green Elves, Denethor. Denethor. Anyway,
1: isn't isn't that <laughs> ironic considering how the Green Elves felt about these people?
0: I know, seriously. Um, so this is what four generations down from Maroc. Uh, yeah, I think that so right. yeah. you know, probably what a couple hundred years. Uh, mm-hmm. given lordship of dorloman which is then the southern part of hithlam um, i love that they speak only the elven tongue in their house um, Yeah. but then, of course they didn't forget their own speech and that becomes numenorian or adunaiic
1: right exactly so uh, yeah basically it's uh, descended from telisca but with some sindarin i think yeah. in it probably some sindarin loan words and some stuff like
0: that very cool
1: well, yeah. I, I want you to read this. I, I like go ahead. I like just bit about the uh the pointing out that Hador's uh Hador was the mightiest of the adine chieftains and yeah, I, I like very I like that because this is the mightiest of the adine chieftains allying himself with the most valiant of the Noldoran lords yep yeah this it's is an all... elite army I mean this is this is when serious. we see them in action this is like these are the guys these are the yeah. guys you want they can get for the you. job done no doubt about yeah. it. yeah yeah
0: I want you to read this next paragraph, even though it absolutely spoils the rest of the book.
1: <laughs> it <laughs> does, and I've gone back and forth on this one.
0: Tolkien has done this in, in so many other places, talking about the Silmarils, for instance. And, you're right. And you if know, Tolkien
1: did it, I guess it's okay. We can yeah, go ahead and do it. But it's
0: not like you're reading something from next chapter. You're just reading what's here.
1: Yeah, yeah. So go on. All right. The sons of Hador were Galdor and Gundor, and the sons of Galdor were Hurin and Huor. And the son of Hurin was Turin, the bane of Glaurung. And the son of Huor was Tuor, father of Eärendil the Blessed. The son of Boromir was Bregor, whose sons were Bregolas and Barahir. And the sons of Bregolas were Baragund and Belagund.
0: There's a lot of begats in this one. No, boy, this, one, <laughs> this is the hard part. This is where we said, look at the family tree. <laughs> right, Please exactly. look at the family tree.
1: Yeah, continuing on. The daughter of Baragund was Morwen, the mother of Turin, and the daughter of Belagund was Rhiann, the mother of Tuor. But the son of Barahir was Beren One Hand, who won the love of Luthien Thingol's daughter, and returned from the dead. <laughs> Spoiler! <laughs> Spoiler! From them came Elwing, the wife of Erendil. And all the kings of Numenor after. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers.
0: <laughs> Even Turin uh, the Bane of Glaurung is a spoiler. Right, is
1: a spoiler. Oh uh, my goodness. Again, take a look at the family tree, and you will yeah. see how how closely these families, uh, you know, are, are connected. Yeah. And and how many how many crossing crossovers points there are, exactly? Kids, Just like we found out with families.
0: the uh, with the Elven kindreds, you know, with right. Uh, uh, yeah. Amazing yeah. stuff. And the way he was able to keep this straight, first of all,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, know. I,
0: I mean, know. I, even I'm a little confused, but it is late, so I'm going to blame it on that. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, you. I would just
1: point out that Loader Project is not just a great site for maps. They've also got some good family trees there. They do,
0: though. I I was having a hard time finding the, the man uh, tree. I, the, the elf tree is a little I, easier to find. It I think it's to that.
1: I think it's on the Elf tree, but you have to scroll, scroll down.
0: Yeah, scroll yeah, yeah. And it's it's such a big sheet that it's laid out on that it's kind of hard to find. It, it is, but uh, the family trees at the back aren't bad. Uh, I think they do a pretty That's decent true. job of of helping you kind of grasp that. Yeah, uh, certainly the one of Beor is is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's you know you got to know who some of these people are. I mean, it's it's good to know that um, you know Hurin is the grandson of Hador. So, yeah. you know, as he gets to become king of of Dorloman, or, you know, the lordship, as he becomes the Lord of Dorloman. Right, yeah. That explains a lot about why Turin comes back to Dorloman, why that why that's relevant. Right, to of him. course. Yeah, that's true. Um yeah. you know, and knowing that, that Turin and Tuor are, you know, related, they're cousins. Cousins, um, yeah. And, but that that Tuor really, you know, takes a very different road. Um I, I, I love yeah, comparing I mean, Turin to Tour. We'll do that more when we get to their stories. Oh, yes. But,
1: yeah, it's one of my um, favorite things to do.
0: Yeah, it's a good one. It, um, but, yeah, definitely lots of spoilers. I mean, we learned that Turin is the bane of Glaurung, so surprise, surprise. Right. Uh, when we get to Turin there and we see Glaurung, you know it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and you know when you meet Baron and he has two hands, you'll know that something's going. <laughs> At some point, he's going to have one hand. And you know he's going to win the level so you yeah, can't that's, but that was probably – I think everybody already knows that yeah, um, and Luthien right is probably not a story about how Luthien turned him down over and over. <laughs>
1: right. uh, That's so, true. That is, so that that is one be, that I think everybody
0: at least is, knows the yeah, name of the couple. That know? would be a cool story though. No, I'm not interested. No, not my type. No, yeah. go away. Dad, <laughs> 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 get rid of this guy. <laughs> anyway, and he um, would.
1: good yeah, stuff. And then, and then of course all the Kings of Numenor coming from a and, and Elwing. Um, yeah, but you know, hey, that's what the rest of the Silmarillion's all about, right. so we'll get to all of that. Exactly. But
0: and it's it's not that big a deal that it's been spoiled in terms of the the no, ending no. so to speak of the, you know, the the fate of certain people uh, because the stories themselves are amazing even if you know what yeah, they are. Exactly. So. And I and I
1: will say this about this paragraph, um, if if you have trouble remembering other characters as you go on through the Silmarillion, if you can just remember the people mentioned in this paragraph, You'll have a pretty good handle on the story. The and rest not of the even life. all of
0: them. You'll never have to know Galador and Gundor and, and Baragund Bregor and, and Bragala. Yeah, you don't, you don't need those guys. No. You need but, to know I mean, Beren. Hurin, Huor, yeah, Turin, Turin and Tuor, Tuor, Aorendil, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to know Morwen, Morwen and Rian, Rian, um, Rian. Yep, yeah. uh, Baron, of course, Luthien, yeah, and Elwing. Yeah. There you yeah. go. So there's about yeah. a dozen names in there you need to know. But... Did you say Airendel? Say Airendel. Uh, yeah, I said Airendel. Say it again. Airendel? Airendel? <laughs> Did I say No, Don't you make... said it fine. I just, I just like hearing his name. That's what I thought. I wondered if maybe you were telling me I mispronounced it. Did I go Denny <laughs> no, Quetel on you there? <laughs> no, you're
1: perfect. You're perfect. I just, I just like to hear Airendel's name. I get a warm, fuzzy every time I hear his name.
0: A warm, fuzzy Airendel. It does help, though, that I'm finally pronouncing it correctly. I think when I first read the book... Um, I was saying I was trying to stress the A, so it was A-Arendil Oh yeah, yeah, instead of arendil. Well,
1: I mean, you know, do we do we know how exactly how any of these things are pronounced I mean, we can well yeah we can we, cry, we do but we've got <laughs> we've got pronunciation
0: guides, but stress is always tough. Stress I mean, is tough. there is there are rules for the stresses, but I don't remember uh-huh. them off the top of my head. and there are so many exceptions and modifications right because you know, exactly. it's usually the the antipenult. But right. then there's unless there's a this and then it's this and unless, it's unless, a long, there's, that. unless there's a
1: long syllable in there or, or two consonants. And yeah, and yeah, yeah the, exactly. It's
0: all that stuff. So man, I just I'll just guess. I look it, I look it up once wrong. and try and memorize it.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah.
0: So I'm gonna go ahead and read um we're gonna I'm gonna read out the rest of the chapter, but I'm not gonna um I'm not gonna read all of that at once. I'm gonna read the next paragraph and we'll discuss it. So all these, talking about all these men, uh, were caught in the net of the doom of the Noldor, and they did great deeds which the Eldar remember still among the histories of the kings of old. And in those days the strength of men was added to the power of the Noldor, and their hope was high, and Morgoth was straitly enclosed, for the people of Hador, being hardy to endure cold and long wandering, feared not at times to go far into the north, and there keep watch upon the movements of the enemy." The men of the three houses throve and multiplied, but greatest among them was the house of Hador Goldenhead, peer of elven lords. His people were of great strength and stature, ready in mind, bold and steadfast, quick to anger and to laughter, mighty among the children of Iluvatar in the youth of mankind. Yellow-haired they were for the most part, and blue-eyed, but not so was Turin, whose mother was Morwen of the house of Beor. The men of that house were dark or brown of hair, with gray eyes. And of all men they were most like to the Noldor, and most loved by them, for they were eager of mind, cunning-handed, swift in understanding, long in memory, and they were moved sooner to pity than to laughter. Like to them were the woodland folk of Haleth, but they were of lesser stature and less eager for lore. They used few words and did not love great concourse of men, and many among them delighted in solitude, wandering free in the greenwoods, while the wonder of the lands of the Eldar was new upon them. But in the realms of the West, their time was brief, and their days unhappy. Hmm. So we get a really cool description of each of the peoples, yeah. A physical description. You really see the like yeah. the, the, the phenotype of each of these exactly. These now yeah. you can picture them. You know. Now mm-hmm. you can understand when they're talking about, you know, Galdor and Gundor. Or even, or even Húrin and Huar, mm-hmm. You know what they look like. They're big right. and strong. They're yellow-haired. They're blue-eyed. These are Norsemen. You know, these right. are, and they're bold. I love the the descriptions of them. Tall, quick, tall, strong warrior types. Yeah. Quick to anger and to laughter. I mean, who does mm-hmm. that remind you of? That reminds me of Tulkus. Tulkas, Yeah. You know, and he's blonde yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, this Good is point, very. Man. These are hardy folk. Um, yeah. Just a time. boisterous, hearty folk. Yeah, boisterous, good word there. Bayor's house a little different. You know, they're mm-hmm. the, the dark hair, the gray eyes. I love that that the Noldor like them love them the most because they're most like them. Of mm-hmm. course the Noldor always like things that are like themselves. They're very <laughs> <laughs> Yes, they are they think they're the model by which everybody they, else should be measured, so they you can bear be, the bees' knees. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, uh, there's your Ferris Bueller's yeah. Day Off reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boy, that That's was right. a, that was a subtle one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, oh man. So they're eager of mind. They're cunning handed, mm-hmm. quick to learn. I love that they you know they remember things and yeah. moved. They, they they aren't given. This really describes Morwin, doesn't it? Moved sooner to pity than to laughter. Oh, she yeah. was not a very you know laughable. She was not a right. a woman no, that I- laughed a lot.
1: You used the word dower earlier. I think that's dour, a good word. Yeah. They're, they're definitely uh, there. There's kind of a there's a bit of a sadness, I think, to yeah. um, to many of Be- certainly Morwin um, oh, yeah. <laughs> with good reason. But you know, they <laughs> yeah, just seem like uh, they seem like a somber
0: people. You know, they kind mm. of uh, that's another you know. good word, somber. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then Haleths, you know, were very much like the Nold- uh, like the Noldor, like the uh, the people of Beor's house, mm-hmm. uh, but they were shorter. And then mm-hmm. interestingly, they didn't you get the feeling they're very much into their solitude? Yeah, uh, you know they lived. They typically they, lived on big homesteads instead of in villages and cities. They like the wide open spaces more. They yeah,
1: they're not yeah. so. Yeah, they're not into. Yeah, like you said, they're not into the lore. No, they're not um, big talkers.
0: They yeah. don't like big groups of people. Yeah, Um I could kind of get along with these folk. <laughs>
1: I'm probably I'm People. probably more of a Bay or house honestly I have to admit.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely not I mean as much as I'd love definitely to be not part one of Hot Hador's, no. And yeah, I'm, as much as I I'd like hang. to say that, I'm not.
1: I can't hang with them,
0: no. No, I'm I'm I mean I might be quick to anger and laughter just as my kids. <laughs> but um That's true. You know, I'm big and strong and yellow-haired are not things you. that describe me. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um You know, yeah. as we talk about the folk of Haleth, you know they're there's
1: a there's a group that's not mentioned here, and I was, wondering I was if looking you were for bring it. Them up. Yeah, yeah, I was looking for it, and it's not here in the text. But uh, you remember? All. I'm thinking of the uh, in the unfinished tales. We get yeah. that essay about the druidine. Wow, uh, which that was for an those amazing who, little story. Oh yeah, such a cool. Uh, there's a little essay and a little story. Um, and so for those who don't remember that the Druidine are actually, uh, the ones that were in return of the King, they're called the Wozes yeah. or the wild men of the woods. Um, they're the ones, you know, gone, gone. Bury, gone. gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, the, you know, the Rohirrim ran into them and kind of made a little, uh, made a little deal with them yeah. to, to get along the road. And, um, they actually are mentioned in Unfinished Tales as actually having been, uh, among the folk of Halef. Yeah. Uh, but they were not of the folk of Haleth. No, it's, they uh, were a fourth people. Yeah,
0: you're yeah, right. The
1: strangest of all the customs of the folk of Haleth was the presence among them of people of a wholly different kind. Yeah. Um, but they were part, they were with the folk of Haleth, and and they were counted among the Adine. That's yep, why they're they called were. the Druidine. Yep. Um, and the Dru comes from their own word for themselves. Yep. Uh, and it's, you know, I, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I, I just think it's cool that. Uh, that they're there among uh, among the holiday. And you can kind of see them having a lot in common with them. Yeah, you know, the they're quiet. Sh- they use Short words. stature. They're quiet. Yep. They like solitude. Um, they kind of seem a little bit more in touch with the earth, liking the, yeah. the spaces, not wanting cities and things like that. That's a good um, point. So it's just – it's kind of neat uh, if uh, anybody is uh,
0: going to be getting the Unfinished Tales, which I highly recommend. Well, they should. We told them that before it we in. get to uh, of tour. Yeah, they right, need yeah. to. They need to read at least that chapter. Yeah. Um, now I would recommend, yeah, go and, and pick, read the... Pick up, pick it up and read this chapter as well, yeah, and learn a little bit more about the Druidine, because this is the only place you're going to get it. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm glad you brought that up, because I, I was thinking about them as well. They, The stories about them are really fascinating, I have to admit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now we get towards the end of the chapter. I'm going to read these last two, and we're going to talk about... We're going to get to talk a little bit about death again, and we're going to get to talk about... Um, <laughs> you know, what what men learn. This is, I think there's some really good philosophical points here, but let's go ahead and tackle these last two paragraphs. Okay. The years of the Edain were lengthened according to the reckoning of men after their coming to Beleriand. But at last, Beor the Old died when he had lived three and ninety years, for four and forty of which he had served King Feligund. And when he lay dead, of no wound or grief, but stricken by age, the Eldar saw for the first time the swift waning of the life of men, and the death of weariness which they knew not in themselves, and they grieved greatly for the loss of their friends. But Beor, at the last had relinquished his life willingly and passed in peace, and the Eldar wondered much at the strange fate of men, for in all their lore there was no account of it, and its end was hidden from them. Hmm. Nonetheless, The Edain of old learned swiftly of the Eldar all such art and knowledge as they could receive, and their sons increased in wisdom and skill, until they far surpassed all others of mankind, who dwelt still east of the mountains, and had not seen the Eldar, nor looked upon the faces that had beheld the light of Valinor.
1: I love that. Yeah, this is a lot of that... uh... A lot of
0: Tolkien's philosophy wrapped right up in here. these two
1: paragraphs here. Yeah,
0: yeah. the mortality of men, the, mm-hmm. the the mystery of death to elves, um, the fact yeah. that, that it is best for men to relinquish their lives willingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, which
1: we see fight, later on though. with you know folks like Aragorn and mm-hmm. um, and uh, really the you know the good kings of Numenor. Kings,
0: absolutely, yeah. Because um, the, the opposite. I mean, every single one of them that fights it. They're the bad guys. They're, they're the, the bad they're guys. They are Farazans mm-hmm. or the other right. the other ones in that same line. Right. Uh, and even to an extent, Denethor, who uh, he's about to relinquish his life willingly, but early. You know, he's he's mm-hmm. not dying yet, but he wants to. Um, right. Um, yeah, relinquishing it at the right time mm-hmm. of free will, very important. And talk about the right time. He lived till ninety three years 93. old. Ninety three. And and he he'd, he'd only served Felagund for forty four years, so he was already almost fifty years old. Uh, yeah. When he when he led his people over. And that makes sense. He wouldn't be a, you know, a 25 year old and be a chieftain. Um, so right. I guess that that's not too much of a surprise. But so you've still got time to enlist in fin <laughs> <rod> service service. <laughs> he was only a year older than I am. When he when he served King Felagund, I just <laughs> need I to yeah, I just like, need to find a king to, to to serve. Yeah, there you go. Find find an
1: elf king to love.
0: Uh, um, I don't think. i yeah, they ninety three though. That's no, they weren't <laughs> kidding when they called him the old man. That's boy, you're not kidding. That's a good life. And yet, and that's interesting. At the beginning of that paragraph, the years of the Udyne were lengthened after their coming to Beleriand. So mm. they lived shorter previously. Just the, um, so, just the exposure just being, to the elves. I think. Yeah, yeah. just being there. Yeah, I think so um, too. And we see that in that last paragraph. Yeah. About looking on the faces that have beheld the light of Valinor. hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's this, something relevant too.
1: Yeah. So. But this reaction of the Eldar. Uh, oh, I know. Man, imagine being an elf and seeing that for the first time. The I very mean, first time. Just old image. I mean, they've seen death, they've seen, oh, yeah. They've seen killing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some of them even have even grief. seen Muriel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they've seen grief, but but just but to old see age. a natural death of old age, and for and for it to be so quickly in their perception. Oh know? yeah, ninety three like, years. Like, wow, is he's nothing. not even a hundred years old. Yeah,
0: right. Um, wow. Because I mean, elves are they, they don't even start a family until they're about a hundred, right? Right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> or is it fifty? That's. I think it's fifty, isn't it?
1: E- yeah. Either way, I mean, it, it probably is a lot like them seeing the you know the death of a child. I mean, oh yeah.
0: Wow, that would have hurt. That would have hurt. Wow. I think that that. I love the the fact that they were just questioning this they they knew not in this this death of weariness they grieved greatly, but the Eldar wondered much. they didn't have an account of they didn't understand there was nothing in their lore to explain it right and the end was hidden from them, Mm-hmm. for a good reason, I think I mean, that's the deal. It's all about nature right We've gone back and forth yeah. on this before, but the elves have a nature that is coexistent with the life of Arda, right. And therefore, they need to go along with their nature, whereas men, their nature is to die, right? Um, and to leave the world, to leave the circles of the world. They have to embrace that fate. Yeah. But um,
1: and well, we'll see what you know <laughs> what yeah, they end up we'll doing. Get, with we'll that, get there course. whether they do <laughs> but, that or not. But this um, is the start of this this lengthening of of their ages, and yeah. uh, I mean, obviously, we're going to see that really come to fruition with the kings of Numenor who live hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it all starts right here. And, uh, and what's the reason? It, it, he tells us what the
0: reason is, doesn't That's he? That's right. Exactly. They, they'd finally, they'd learned of the Eldar and they'd seen mm-hmm. the faces that had beheld the light. Yeah. You know, we, we talked about light earlier. You know, how the, the uh, people of Doriath are much higher than the other Sindar because of their exposure to Melian. Right, and this now we find that these guys surpass the other men because they have looked upon the faces that have beheld the light of Valinor. Right, right. Reflected so you get light. The, you get the idea, yeah. That these they can actually reflect light. The
1: enlightenment of of the Eldar, the enlightenment of the Calaquendi, can actually uh, enlighten others around them just by just yeah. by exposure to them. It's Absolutely, an incredible and such a powerful image. Isn't and not uh, I agree, and I think really this this. Starts something that I think Tolkien wrote was really a, a chief function of the elves in Arda, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Was to start Absolutely. this enno- this ennobling process of of the of men. Yeah, um, and I we think talked as we about discussed that
0: a few episodes ago, didn't we?
1: Yeah, a few episodes. I think when when men came on the scene, uh, yeah. we talked about there's this this letter that he wrote where he says that um, this is part of a divine plan for the ennoblement of the human race from the beginning, destined to replace the elves. So this is this is the fulfillment of the Eldar's purpose is to yeah. ennoble is to ennoble my, mankind and then to fade, um, to still be
0: an Arda but to fade. My goodness, and on it's that incredible. on that note, it's going to wrap it up for another episode of the Prancing Pony Podcast. Um, we do thank you very much for joining us. But before we uh, start up our our usual closing music, which I'm sure <laughs> you're missing right now, going where is that beautiful tune? We <laughs> have some announcement about uh, some upcoming episodes, right? Yes,
1: we do. Uh, we've got a little holiday surprise for you all next week Yay. Uh, in, in, Instead of uh, for all 11 of you. Uh, instead of releasing <laughs> our next episode in two weeks, which would actually be New Year's Day, yeah. we're going to be releasing a special episode on Friday, December 23rd. Uh, we're going to be taking a break from the Silmarillion to uh, dive into a, a slightly lighter work. Uh, it's <laughs> Professor <laughs> Tolkien's Father Christmas letters or yep. letters from Father Christmas, depending exactly. on which edition you
0: have. And that's a collection of letters that Tolkien wrote to his kids every year for 20 years at Christmas, writing as Father Christmas, or as we know him here in the U.S., Santa Claus. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're delighted to take a little break from the the heavy analysis of the Silmarillion, just to relax mm-hmm. and enjoy a, a delightful little holiday read.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, I, I really don't want to be talking about Morgoth this close to Christmas.
0: <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh- <laughs>
1: And then after that episode, we're going to be releasing another special on Tuesday, January 3rd, in honor of Professor Tolkien's 125th -hmm. birthday. So that's when when Alan and I are going to be raising a toast to the professor. We'll share our thoughts on Tolkien, and we'll also share those that we've gotten from our listeners on what Tolkien means to them.
0: What a great way to ring in the new year. A couple of days late, but still, we're celebrating the birthday and... And ringing in our, our, our next year on the podcast as well.
1: There you go. Exactly.
0: That's also uh, when we'll be doing our two giveaway drawings. So if you've submitted your thoughts or if you've ever submitted a question to Barlaman's Bag, uh, definitely tune into that one to see if you might be one of our lucky winners.
1: Yes, indeed. And then
0: after that episode, that's when we'll resume our
1: regular bi weekly schedule on Sunday, January 15th with Chapter 18 of The Ruin of Beleriand and the Fall of Fingolfin, which, as you can tell by the title, <laughs> is going to get us... Right back to our usual depressing gloom and doom. (laughs) We'll still try to make it
0: entertaining. Remember, if you need uh, cheap paperbacks to mark up, please use the links on our library page at theprancingponypodcast.com. We also have links to audiobooks and music CDs and various other things for your Tolkien collection. And if you haven't done so
1: already, please subscribe on iTunes or Google Play Music. And we need your iTunes reviews and your Google Play reviews, so please leave one if you haven't. And we greatly appreciate your support there. That we do. There have been 15 reviews, so at least 15 people have listened to us. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Uh, And we're also on Stitcher and TuneIn. And a special thanks to those of you who have been connecting with us on social media. This is The Prancing Pony, and we love the conversation in the common room with all of you. On Facebook at The Prancing Pony Podcast, and on Twitter at Prancing
0: Pony Pod. And social media, of course, is a great place to share our podcast as well. So please retweet us, share us, put those little hashtag thingies in there. I don't know how that works. Tell your friends. Anyway, one last thing as always, don't forget to send your questions, comments, or your desert island elf song playlist, especially ones with rude harps. Rude harps. (laughs) To the Podcast (laughs) at gmail.com, and we'll try to get to them in our next episode. Well... My goodness, two hours is still far too short a time to spend amongst such admirable listeners. But until next time.
1: Farewell, friends.